And hello and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. As always, I'm your host, Joel, and joining me is my good friend, my co-host, my partner in crime. It's Matt, everybody. Hello, everybody. Uh, you, you got way more energy than me right now. Before we started, you asked me <laughs> how you doing, and I'm like, just just tired. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I've got my energy drink, so I'm fine. Ah, there you go. Lucky you. Again, I'm I'm trying to be back on keto right now, which means I'm not getting the same, you know, uh, caffeine intake that I normally get. Yeah. And it's so freaking hot now. Like, I'm a big tea drinker in the morning, so, like, I can't make my morning cup of tea because I'm like, no, it's, like, fucking 30 degrees here. Yeah, well, it's the opposite here. It's, like, really fucking cold at the moment. I can see you're all bundled up there you for Australian winter. Yeah, yeah. I swear, you know, one of these uh, years I would love to come visit just to be like, yeah, get me away from this freaking North American <laughs> summer for a minute. <laughs> but you have to experience our summers, which might not be as bad as you think, but, like, they can be pretty pretty harsh. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Is it a dry heat or a humid heat? Uh, depends. Okay, because I was it's either at... One day it would be, like, really dry, then the next it is suddenly, like, you could cut the air with, like, a knife. Right. So we've been lucky so far. It's been mostly a really dry heat this summer, so I've not been like absolutely dying. But there was a point last year when I'm like, what's the least humid place in the world to live? Uh, do, what do you think the least humid place in the world is to live? Because I was shocked when I looked into it. Hmm. Alaska? You'd think that, but no, actually, it's Las Vegas. I'm like, fuck well, off. Uh, really? Las yeah. I guess so, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I guess there's no wet heat because you're in the middle of the fucking desert. It's just dry heat 24-7, yeah. and everyone has to live underground and in freaking, you know, uh, air-conditioned casinos to stay away from the heat. Yeah, that's true, yeah. I couldn't believe that. I'm like, so if I want to get away from humidity, I just have to go to a place where I'm going to be hot all year round. <laughs> well, geez, that doesn't sound like a good trade-off at all. Not at all, no. <laughs> But yeah, you know, been hanging in there, been keeping busy. Uh, ooh, I might actually have gotten uh, a new writing gig, actually. You know, I might be co-writing for another uh, popular YouTuber out there. So be sure to keep your eyes peeled for that. I'm doing nice. a Venture Brothers rewatch right now. Nice, nice. Yes, is part of that. <laughs> the chat saying Spider-Man fan film has some racist casting. Yeah, that was that wasn't on the list of news, but that's been a big controversy right now. <laughs> Spider-Man Lotus, a very expensive uh, Spider-Man fan film, apparently made by a huge racist. Uh oh, who saw that I, coming? I, I this is it's like the only time all Spider-Man fans of all walks of life have come together to agree, to agree. that like this is the most terrible thing ever. <laughs> And in a way, thank you, Spider-Man Lotus, for giving the many different factions of Spider-Man fans a warm fire to come around as a community. <laughs> See, that's what we need, everyone, to bring us together. We just need a common enemy. Yeah, and it's racist Spider-Man. <laughs> racist Spider-Man will unite us all. Hey, we got a new Spider-Verse coming out, and we've already seen, like, fashion designer Spider-Man and, you know, physically disabled Spider-Man, who looks great, by the way. They're actually, like, incorporated, like, the walking crutches, and he's got, like, a backwards hat that doesn't look stupid. Nice. That villain for that new Spider-Verse story really needs to be racist <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> That's who they need to be funny. It's just Peter. He looks exactly the same. He's just super racist. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, that's that's the sort of week it's been, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lord Outsider asking us thoughts on the recent Boys episode. Uh, don't worry, Lord Outsider. There's not much news this week, so Matt and I are probably going to talk about all the great superhero TV that's going on right now. Yeah. 
because there's plenty. <laughs> Someone else in the chat saying, what about that Thor-Miles Morales controversy? Oh, yeah, we also had racist Miles. Granted, yeah. he wasn't being racist. The writer just wrote yeah. a deeply, deeply, you know, uncomfortable take on black people. Yeah. I remember I, I had only, like, seen... Because I didn't realize that all of these What If Miles stories were sort of part of, like, what's happening in his book at the moment. I yeah, just thought they were just being gonna... completely uh devoid of any creativity and just making what ifs now just about miles and mm -hmm. uh, and i saw that one i didn't read it but i saw like the cover of it and i'm like ooh, i don't That's know i uh I, I read some of the choice panels that people had there i believe yeah. he said by the fade of odin and then we see odin later and he doesn't even have a fade it's like oh my god they just put that in yeah, there because they knew it was a black person haircut yeah 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 there's they oh it's it's so bad <laughs> it's it's real bad it's really uncomfortable it's like what editor allowed this to get out i know i know was there just like ah no one's reading this it'll be fine surely miles morales fans will have no problem with this yeah it's uh it's really bad it's not every day you see a comic that embarrassing mm -hmm. you know slip through the cracks yeah yeah it's oof oof man it's uh it's something i tell you but uh, as somebody even said like oh are you gonna cover it joel i'm like why everyone knows it sucks <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> What, what am I going to say that hasn't already been said instead of just, you know, sitting there getting really uncomfortable about it? Nah, yeah. <laughs> wow, that's depressing. We had two racist Spider-Man stories in one week. <laughs> getting them all out at the same time, you know, just getting them all yeah. out. Yeah, do do better, world. Do better. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I guess with that, we can hop into the real news from this week. And because there isn't much, we uh, can talk about what uh, what uh, what we've been watching. Yeah. So our first piece of news here, uh, Neil Gaiman's Miracle Man story, the unfinished Silver Age, will actually be finished this year at Marvel as part of the big 40th anniversary of Miracle Man because they're priming the pump for that because Miracle Man will probably be a major focus of the next big event or something. Yeah, it's, it seems like they're, they're heralding the return of Miracle Man to the Marvel Universe at some point. Well, I mean, the, the the arrival, really, not even the return, because he was a British comic character. This is like the yeah, Watchmen. Yeah, but remember, they tried to, like, implement him before. Oh. And it didn't, like, like a lot, like a while ago, like a couple of years ago, but, like, then all this shit kicked off with, like, the rights and... Right, well, there was the timeless thing, too, where they're like, oh, yeah. you know, Miracle Man is mm -hmm. coming. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's interesting. Again, if you've not read your Miracle Man, you should probably catch up on it now because Marvel basically keeps saying, it's going to be a thing. Yeah. It's going to be a thing. It's going to be important. They're, it, it really looks like they're hoping it's going to be their doomsday clock. A little bit, yeah. Because, hey, it's like, we got a cool Alan Moore thing too, everyone, that we technically own the rights to. Yeah, who do you think, like, obviously Neil Gaiman's doing this book. Do you think he'll do, like, him in the actual Marvel Universe or will it be, like, like marvel writers i mean if they could get game in that would be friggin amazing and i'm sure everyone would love that and they'd have a field day with it yep I, I don't know if they would meet his quote or be willing to give him the freedom that he would necessarily want to do the thing with it maybe uh they like donny cates because they seem to give mm -hmm. everything to donny cates Don, donny cates uh kieran gillen one of yeah. those guys here jerry duggan al Ewing. duggan Dugging, yeah. Hey, we got Hickman back for it, everyone. Oh, man. Hickman said he was done until he wasn't. Yes, yes, please. Now, now he's ready to greatly expand and, you know, add more <laughs> intricacies to the Captain or to the, yeah, to the freaking Marvel universe like you've never seen. Or to the Miracle <laughs> Man universe like you've never seen. <laughs> 
yeah, Miracle Man. It's such such a weird creation, but still very endearing all these years later. Yeah, totally. Now, speaking of rights issues, and we absolutely were speaking of rights issues, uh, Conan the Barbarian. Uh, much has been made about what the status of that book is. We have the Savage Avengers book that's going on right now, and is really awesome, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, David Popose is really knocking that one out of the park. So much fun. But the word was is that Marvel lost the rights or maybe lost the rights, but rights with the Conan company is weird because it's basically like you go to them with a pitch, and if they like it, they let you do it yep. forever so long as you're not harming the brand. Well, apparently we now know 100% for sure now. Yes, the rights are moving. Titan Comics have gotten the rights to it, but apparently whatever deal they've signed won't be taking effect until 2023. Yeah, so... I wonder if this is similar to like what um the Star Wars stuff is with the Dark Horse stuff where like they're still Marvel is still going to be making like the canon comics mm -hmm. and then Dark Horse is doing like uh also sort of canon stuff but like all the adventure stuff and sort of aimed at sort of littler kids stuff. Maybe. I wonder if that's gonna be sort of the similar here where it's like just adventures in like two different canons or continuities or something. It could be maybe it's like a Hulk situation with Universal where it's like, well, you can hang out on teams, but solo rights went to someone else. Yeah. I don't know. Or maybe uh, maybe this is spoiling the end of this run where it's like, yeah, by this time next year, Conan, that they left him in his own time and the rest of the Savage Avengers went mm -hmm. home again. Yeah, yeah. Which is why they brought him to where he was now. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's their way of putting the toys back in the box and bringing them home. Either way, good for Titan Comics. Marvel certainly had a run with them mm -hmm. that, you know, they can't, uh, you, you can't sneeze at. There was a lot of fun there. I still think the best moment is, ironically, when he teamed up with Scarlet Witch as part of that Avengers yes. No Way Home thing. Yes, that was great. That was excellent. That was a great story. And, I mean, that will live forever now. And, I mean, it's technically the second time Marvel got the Conan, right? So who's to say they couldn't get them again at some point? Exactly. Who's to say even DC couldn't get them? I know, you know? right? I mean, I mean, Red Sonya has already crossed over with Wonder Woman, so it's not out of the realm of possibility. Mm -hmm. Also, too, speaking of crazy right stuff, in that last issue, they did what I had been clamoring for forever. They brought back Thulsa Doom yeah yeah i heard about that yeah the big villain from the conan movie that fans have wanted forever because you know that movie colored a whole generation of fans here's the thing though thulsa doom was not originally a conan villain he was no. a villain of cull of atlantis yes another big robert e howard work so the fact that they actually worked him into the conan thing is pretty impressive because i had heard several writers actually that that was a whole like web of rights issues that they needed I have to, to untangle. imagine yeah i can imagine but they finally did for what might be Conan's last run, so you can't say they didn't wring every bit of juice out of Conan. Yeah, and it's kind of fitting that they brought him back for, like, the final arc as well. Yeah, yeah. right at the very end. Also, too, it's not even, like, the Billy D. Williams one or, like, the version you know. It's, like, uh, the original version, like, the skull-faced, you know, necromancer of the original mm. Cull stories. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty freaking cool. And yeah, Titan, they're the guys who used to produce the Doctor Who comics. So yeah, they definitely have, what is it? They have a certain oeuvre that they live in, and that's one of them. Yeah. Surprised they never tried to be like, hey, Marvel, we want to do a new Conan show on Disney+. Plus." Yeah, I'm, su I'm really surprised, like, nothing... Because I actually, like, looked into it not too long ago. Like, why hasn't there ever been, like, no new Conan movie or TV yeah, series yeah. announced? And yeah, there's just been, like, nothing. 
especially now in the age of streaming wars yeah. where everyone is desperately trying to make something. You mean to tell me no one was willing to throw a lot of money at the Howard estate to like, try and make Conan the series? Like like when Game of Thrones was really big, how uh, was there not like, why were they not clamoring, oh, we need our own sword and sorcery, you know, mm -hmm. show? Hey, do you like Khal Drogo? This guy is basically Khal Drogo's granddaddy. <laughs> it's just funny because Jason Momoa played Conan in the reboot I movie. know. I know. How <laughs> funny is that? Tell me about it. Also, too, again, you know, I talked about this streaming war stuff. A perfect example of that is freaking Paramount, who are just throwing money at everything they own. Um, um, we're, we're, we're doing three new Avatar animated movies. Um, um, we're doing a new Beavis and Butthead special. Mm -hmm. um, um, we're doing three South Park uh, specials a year. But aren't they owned by HBO Max? Yes, well, they have the streaming rights to the series, but they also have to honor a deal with us, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, that sounds like you're really going to be pulling them in different directions and maybe making everything worse. Yeah, but we're doing it. <laughs> I've been watching those South Park specials, but apparently the last one was called Streaming Wars, and it literally is a thinly veiled middle finger to Paramount for overworking them. Oh, no. And I'm like, wow, you guys got paid like a billion dollars to tell your bosses to fuck off. <laughs> How does that work? god i wish i wish i could do that but also too i don't feel bad for you either because you got paid like a billion dollars yeah 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 <laughs> oh no i'm sorry do you have to work a little harder now i'm sorry <laughs> oh no i mean cry into your wad of money why don't you matt and trey as you get older and older <laughs> and richer and richer <laughs> and richer and richer which you know is maybe why i don't watch the show anymore because i think you guys have kind of lost uh kind of lost your face <laughs> James Earl Jones, thank you, thank you. I knew I fucked up on that and was waiting for someone to catch me. Billy T. Williams, completely different. He's the Cole 45. <laughs> James Earl Jones is another super awesome guy. <laughs> My bad. Uh, but yeah, so there's your Conan news, everyone. <laughs> the chat saying that Beavis and Butthead movie was decent. Yeah, I liked it too. I also watched it. I haven't watched it. I, I saw it out there and I'm like, wow, they made another film? Really? They did. It's it's much more of an anthology than like Beavis and Butthead Do America, which is like a real movie, but it very much has that same kind of structure where it's like, let us concoct a reason for them to travel all over America and basically do the little skits that the show was always about. Yeah, yeah. So they like go to prison for a minute and they like go to NASA for a minute and go to college <laughs> for a minute. So, you know, it's pretty good. It's pretty funny and I, I enjoyed it for what it was nice uh what else was there oh we got a new batman comic coming matt we had a bunch yep. of new dc solicitations the day that ends in y so it's Must a new batman comic it's called batman night watch by jay torres it looks to be a five issue miniseries mostly looks to be focusing on oracle and her attempt to try and like you know update the bat family to the times of the social medias okay okay that seems pretty interesting i'm sure i've heard that name night watch somewhere before same it, like it when sounds I'm, so familiar well i mean you know uh i mean there's so many batman stories knight's quest nightfall everything is night something yeah yeah you gotta wonder too is the night watch a literal watch that they gotta wear so they can like you know serve twitter <laughs> and tiktok <laughs> babbit oh i'm blowing up people made tons of remixes of me punching killer croc in the nuts <laughs> oh they put it to lizzo now it's great <laughs> all lizzo all the time love it <laughs> Not really much more to say about that. It's another Batman miniseries. What the hell do you want from us? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Maybe it will be good. Maybe it will be bad. I don't know. I know I'm skipping more of them than ever before now because every freaking other book 
is a Batman story now. Yeah, yeah. You got to do something really special or have a writer attached to it that I genuinely already love because I'm probably going to be ignoring it. Yeah, the only ones like outside of like the like detective and batman books i like the knight and and uh batman fortress they're like the only two i'm like keeping an mm-hmm. eye on and i skip detective comics because i'm like look there was one that came out this week and i'm like oh fuck off you're starting a new run soon i don't care what this is about that's what i'm waiting for i'm really surprised that run hasn't started yet because i'm really looking forward to that new run well they changed uh what is it they changed the uh title artwork now for action and detective they look different now yeah yeah they uh redesigned the trade dress and everything for it yeah they look good yeah yeah they look nice nice and different the detective one looks like a bat yeah sure does and the action comics is all sharp and swoopy like the s yeah yeah beyond that not much more to say uh got some tv news here uh apparently wonder man is in production at disney or they believe that it may already be in production they're floating around the ideas that they're going to finally be doing something with wonder man who is one of those like original like avengers old-timey marvel characters where it's like yeah how haven't you done anything with him yet yeah i'm looking forward to it especially because like i feel you could get really kind of meta with the character because wonder man he's like a hollywood stuntman he's an actor and a pacifist yeah so like you could do a lot of really cool stuff with that yeah, I wonder, too, because, you know, like, some of his biggest stories, you know, like Ultron and the Ant-Man stuff, he's kind of divorced from now, which is unfortunate, but it also gives you more freedom to write new stuff. And as we've seen with Miss Marvel, creating new stuff isn't always bad. Yeah, I wonder if they're waiting, like, because it, it was kind of, like, officially announced, but not really. Like, it was it was reported by a Hollywood reporter and Deadline yeah. and everything, so that's kind of official. Yeah, yeah, it's but, kind of a big but but not really so i wonder if they're waiting till she hulk comes out because she hulk could be kind of a similar series in that same sort Very. of meta tone yeah and they want to like see looking... if that works if that works they'll do it for wonder man as well yeah where it's like it's a superhero show but it's really more of a comedy yeah which i'm fine with too honestly i mean they don't all need to be dramas that feel like the movies yeah wonder if uh nathan fillion will play wonder man because he technically did in guardians of the galaxy 2 yeah in the posters or maybe if he won't now because nathan filling kind of got himself in trouble this week being like i'd work with joss whedon again he was fine to me oh no i didn't know that <laughs> oh yeah that was going around there oh, for a bit and no. i'm like nathan no oh no literally the worst things you could say in a row there. it's like <laughs> he was fine to me i'm like oh i guess that makes it okay then right yes <laughs> it's because he doesn't want to fuck you <laughs> yeah yeah i know right like who who, who 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 in his life needs to tell him that <laughs> that's like the people who are like oh you know your neighbor was charles manson oh he was fine to me <laughs> yeah i'm sure they are fine to people and shitty to other people how is that still an excuse in 2022 <laughs> again the dude literally had a whole interview where he basically shot his own career in the foot by being like well you see i had to abuse those women really if you were me in that time with that power you'd do it too (laughs) seriously his like social media like uh, article apology there is like this is the worst thing ever how 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 did he think this was okay that this would go over that got got through like publicists and and everything all of that yeah wow (laughs) well well, don't worry, Nathan, because I don't think you'll have to make the choice of working with uh, him again, because I don't think he's going to be working anytime yeah. soon. Yeah, I don't think he's done anything like since all that shit came no. out. 
Because yeah. how do you come back? How do you justify hitching your wagon to that at this It'll point? Be directing the new Daily Wire film with Gina oh, Carano wow. or something. <laughs> I hate that you're right. I hate that you're probably right. Coming soon from Daily Wire Kids. <laughs> I fucking hate that they're making movies now, too. This is such the thing, like, oh, we hate these Hollywood elites so much that we're going to create our own chintzy, shitty Hollywood over here with all the terrible stars that have been outcast from it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Which, again, it's only a matter of time where it's like, okay, but how, how long until they all start abusing each other then when we put the abusers over in, like, bizarro Hollywood? Mm-hmm. How long until they start fucking each other over? Because, like, obviously that's going to happen. But, yes, there's uh, there's your Wonder Man news, everyone. Well, I'm sure this story will be evolving soon. Yeah, well, um, Marvel Studios is coming to Hall H and San Diego Comic-Con now, they've announced. So I imagine we might see something there or, yeah. Probably. We'll probably get another roadmap because they love showing the roadmaps, don't they? It, it's, it, I, I'm really kind of surprised that they're actually going there because not long after that, they, they've got D23, which they, they, mm-hmm. they have confirmed they're going to be there as well. So, like, which one are they going to show more at? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you would think probably D23 because that's theirs. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's one of those, like, hey, you know, watch this, and then do you want to see the rest of the trailer? Well, come see us at D23. That's true, yeah. Captain Kuhn helping us out. Nightwatch is the name of Marvel's Spawn ripoff from the 90s and was the villain of that Charles Schultz She-Hulk run from a few years ago. Yep, that's the one. Yeah, that's probably what I'm remembering. There you go. Thank you. And uh, Joe Jam Zero helping us out too. Ah, with a hippo with a hat doing a thumbs up. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I like you don't always have to give messages. You can just give fun little gifts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you, man. Thank you, thank you. But yeah, you're right with that coming up, uh, talking about a roadmap. I think Feige, too, was even in the news saying like, oh, we'll reveal what the next big, you know, uh, infinity level saga is. Because the whole Thanos thing, that was, uh, yeah, that was the infinity saga. And so, you know, whatever we're heading into next, which is an interesting time, because as you and I have talked about many times on the show, what what could that next big Thanos threat be? Because it feels like there's several big things all happening at once. It's going to be Secret Wars. You think, because we got the final host. We got the threat of incursions. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of places they could potentially go. The, you, you're, you, you'd put money on it? You, you're putting a, a shiny dollar? I, I think I am. Uh, yeah, because they, they drew so much attention to all those incursions. Doctor Strange's post-credit sequence ended with, like, more, like clear arriving. Oh, more incursions are happening. So it's like they're ramping up. So, yeah. Oh, and Kang. I forgot about Kang, too. Yeah, yeah. Kang is another big thing. Do you think it's going to be Secret Wars, but Kang in place of the Beyonder? Yeah, Kang in place. Or they'll do Secret Wars, uh, like the Hickman one, where uh, Kang takes uh, Doom's place. Right, he's the Raboom Allah of it all. Yeah. You know, I've remade the universe to fit my image. Yeah, I guess they could marry all those stories together if they have to. And ironically, yeah, you could call it Secret Wars because it's like, yeah, we're drawing reference from the two different stories that were called Secret Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, yeah, I, again, like when Secret Wars was starting to be mentioned, everyone assumed it was that one Secret Wars Hickman cover, you know, where it's like all yeah. the heroes fighting each other. It's like, it's not it's not what it is at all. It's ba- ma- no. mainly uh reed richards and dr doom like standing in like a desolate area talking with each other and yeah debating morality (laughs) yeah yeah 
That is what it. And Miles gives Molecule Man a hamburger, and he gets to live because yeah. of it. Yeah. I fucking love that that's still his origin. He was nice to Molecule Man, and when the Ultimate Universe got destroyed and everything got reordered, he was sure to make sure him and his family got to live. <laughs> Man, has Molecule Man ever come back in the Miles book? I feel like that's a meeting that should really take place again, where it's like, hey, man, you exist because of me. Well, I mean, they, I don't know what they're fucking doing with it, because they, they've been building up with that, that whole uh, Ultimate Universe coming back from like the Kate stuff. Where yeah. he like teased it with the maker and everything, so I could see him coming back some point. I uh, I dropped off the Miles book, and I know now they're doing another multiversal Spider Verse light thing where it's he's what fighting. What these what like, if books are tied to? Yeah, and he's fighting like an evil version of himself in another world. And I'm like, so the last three Miles storylines, he fought the six one six version of himself who was evil from Spider Man two. Mm-hmm. Then he fought his evil clone. And now he's fighting an evil multiverse. I'm like, can Miles fight any fucking villain that's not himself, apparently? No, apparently not. That's, like, that... I love Miles. I really want to support the book. I like Solid in a Mid, but so many similar stories back-to-back really killed my interest in that yeah. book. He needs to... The same thing happened to, like, Captain America, where, like, he, yeah. he had, like, four or five stories arcs in a row where it was, like, him running from the government. And only now, in this new book, is he, like, doing something completely different. That needs to happen with Miles. Yeah, can he just, like, fight the Scorpion again, for fuck's sake? <laughs> yeah, they can just fucking do something. <laughs> can he fight the Scorpion and worry about getting to Homeroom? That'd be nice. Yeah. That'd be cool with that. Uh, Captain Kuhn held this out. The next Thanos is Hypno Hustler, Pace Pot Peach. <laughs> and at the end of all things, there is only Pace Pot Peach. <laughs> the Ancient One, whose name was scrimshawed on the tusk of Lucifer himself in the ancient times. <laughs> That's what I want. I want them to really build it up, and it's just the stupidest fucking villain possible. Yeah, it's a, it's a piece of shit fucking thug. Loser. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just some bullshit ass loser yeah i'd like that a lot that'd be cool (laughs) just just once you know thanos was really cool let's just have some goddamn loser for a change (laughs) peace uh, pace pot pete uh my friends call me trapster actually (laughs) i've changed my name because even i thought pace pot pete was lame (laughs) and then you get the female uh trapster but you know she's cool so she spells it in elite with numbers yeah, and and she and because she's like smarter, she she's realized that like she can actually, like she she's like omega level threatening now because she yeah. she knows how to use the powers properly. So yeah, I can actually, I can rip universes apart and. <laughs> yep. There you go. See, there you go, Foggy. We just wrote your next big event all for you. <laughs> there, that was easy. That took us two minutes. <laughs> Now, uh, other big Marvel debuts we got looking forward to because uh, we have the solicitations. We're getting a new Midnight Sun miniseries to correspond mm-hmm. with the game. It's a new team with Wolverine, Magic, Psylocke, Blade, and what looks to be Danny Moonstar, but she's also Ghost Rider. Did that happen when I wasn't paying attention? Not that I know of, unless it's going to happen, and that's a big spoiler. Maybe, or maybe it's like an original thing for the book. Yeah, yeah maybe she becomes the new ghost rider because technically there there isn't a ghost rider at the moment but there kind of is because danny uh johnny blaze is back right hmm. but yeah I, I don't know chat helping us out chem dog apparently molecule man was killed by the griever in uh one of the last uh fantastic four stories oh that's a shame but he's molecule i remember man. the griever yeah 
Yeah, that was like Dan Slott's first big villain, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. That was like when I still read the book and Johnny had to sing. Yes. <laughs> that was fun. That was a cute issue. <laughs> and then I didn't keep up with it after that. <laughs> Which I think is a lot of Dan Slott work. That was cute. I'm not going to keep up with this. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I guess with all that news more or less done and out of the way, uh, we can hop into what we watched this week before what we read this week, because there was a lot of good shit this week on TV. There was, yeah. Uh, where would you like to start, Matt? Uh, let's start with the, uh, the boys. Yeah, the boys. Uh, they did their big hero-gasm episode, which they had been upselling forever, where it's like, ooh, it's, it's so depraved, ooh, we had to ask Amazon for special permission to do this, ooh, man, it's really out there and gross and everything. Maybe my mind has just been melted by decades' worth of online pornography, but I thought it was pretty tame. It, no, it was extremely tame. Like, everything we saw in that episode was stuff we'd seen previously on the show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there was there, there was wasn't nothing. anything bad like that. That whole warning at the start was just complete like PR. Yeah, it absolutely was. But that being said, it fucking worked out because apparently it was like the most seen, most streamed episode of the show ever. Oh yeah, I, I'm intrigued to see what the next like the numbers on the next episode after people realize like, oh, mother's milk just got jizzed on. Really? That's yeah, it? that was it. Yeah, <laughs> she just got just got jizzed on a little bit. <laughs> I mean, if that's the worst thing that happens. <laughs> the deep fucked a squid but i mean we already knew that was happening yeah that was either happening already or going to happen <laughs> yeah i mean it was more horrifying that he had to eat that octopus before there yeah. than anything we saw in this yeah, one yeah yeah i mean i do appreciate that they kind of dropped reference to the fact that like on top of all the other horrible things that superheroes do they're also brutalizing sex workers regularly too the, the one thing i was kind of hoping they'd explore because in the in the comics herogasm is a um is a vort sponsored event and it's kind of yes. like like a like a fucking who's that fucking like an epstein island sort of yes thing and i thought like they were going to go hard into that but it's just Definitely. like ah the tnt twins put it on for a weekend yeah, that's it also too uh in the books hero gasm was garth ennis parodying summer superhero events where it's like why yeah. why do all the heroes and all the villains have to disappear every summer because they go on fucking vacation they do coke and beat up hookers for a week yeah yeah that's that's all it is also qe gets sodomized in that one too <laughs> that that didn't happen in this though no 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 his his butthole remains unmolested <laughs> Actually, he gets probably one of the best moments with freaking A-Train of all things, because A-Train lived longer in the show yeah. than he did in the comics, which means they actually get to have a reckoning with one another, which is really surprising. I, I liked it because, like, Huey, uh, he had that realization. It's like, oh, I've got, like, powers now. Like, I can mm -hmm. stand up to him. I, I, I've got this at everything. And it, like, it obviously completely backfires on, yeah, on him. Yeah, the one... The one time he tries to stand up to A-Train is the one time A-Train's really not trying to act like a dick no. because he's, cause he's having his own moral, philosophical awakening right now after what happened to his brother. Yeah, yeah. I, I did like that he uh, he got, like, revenge on on uh was a blue, blue hawk. hawk yeah yeah i in in a great in a great bit that's it, it, i think it's basically like the flash's finisher in injustice yes where he literally road rashes him to death there even yeah. though doing so might very well have cost him his life because mm -hmm. that's been a ticking clock in the show forever that he yeah. can't run anymore it might kill him but i like that he sacrificed himself in that last moment to maybe do the one unselfish thing he's ever done in his life mm-hmm mm -hmm. 
And it's like, wow, what a fucking arc for a character who was so one-dimensional in the book and killed so early. And also a character who, like, at the start of the show was just like, I mean, they're all assholes, but he was, like, a yeah. particular type, you know? Yeah, he was particularly selfish. I, I guess the idea is, again, the show is showing... It, again, it's almost going against the nihilism of the book and being like, no, sometimes people can actually change. It takes <laughs> a lot, and sometimes yeah. it doesn't matter, but sometimes people do actually change. Mm -hmm. Which I thought was really nice. Also, man, uh, Jensen Ackles just killing it as Soldier Boy here. This, like, turned up to 11. What if Captain America was real? What if you really grabbed a guy from the 1950s and put him into now? Yeah. He'd probably be an asshole. Yeah, yeah, he's a real asshole. Yeah, with a freaking Benny addiction, too, because it's like, yeah, that's how he took Omaha Beach the wrong speed, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, Bettys were hopped up on Bettys. <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah, 1950s, yeah, they would literally give the fucking soldiers amphetamines. They didn't know any better. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, he'd have a drug problem. He'd hate a lot of different people. <laughs> yeah, and obviously we find out that he's going after his whole team, so Black Noir nopes the fuck out. <laughs> yep, one of the only times we've actually seen him show fear yep yep I, I i really enjoyed that part where he calmly gets on the elevator and quickly mm -hmm. cuts out his thing and just fucks off it's funny too the like the relationship they imply between him and homelander like homelander is actually upset when he leaves him mm -hmm. yeah well it, it all it's all connected to that one episode they did of the uh that animated show where, yeah. where they where they have that sort of first meeting and their first the first time they like sort of teamed up and I like, I like that they're kind of referencing that where they're, it's like their Batman-Superman sort of relationship. It also probably helps, too, that he's a mute who has yeah. to listen to him, and yeah. he's such a fucking narcissist who just talks all the goddamn time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, chat saying, oh, that wasn't Danny Moonstar as the Ghost Rider? Oh, who's that then? Was that a different Ghost Rider? It's, it's some ghost person. Yeah. I can't be sure which one. I'm off. I'm off my game now. That's two things the chat has corrected me on that I have taken to heart. <laughs> yeah. So the the fight that Soldier Boy, Souped Up Butcher, and Homelander have was pretty fucking sweet, wasn't it? It was pretty good. It was, and I like um, I I, I liked um how once Soldier Boy got involved and then Huey got involved, like mm -hmm. uh um homelander like started panicking he like, yes. didn't know what to do like all these people who are coming at him who he knows don't have powers suddenly have powers first time we've seen fear in him the whole time yeah yeah anthony's starring him and you really got to give that guy all the credit in the world for do i mean like this i think is his star making performance because mm -hmm. he got that bit where he shows fear and then when he has his norman osborne moment when he yeah. like talks to himself in the mirror yeah i know i think it also t turns out that i think he's a little bit like that in real life as well oh really well yeah he had an incident recently like like i think it was like back in uh february or something where like he glassed someone or something oh, at a, a bar and yes, he was yes. yelling about like oh do you know who i am you know oh, that bullshit well, you know well shit yeah <laughs> well you're not ezra miller bad yet when you start kidnapping <laughs> people and hoarding guns and everything yeah yeah bland man jensen ackles did a good job playing ultimate cap oh my god he yeah. is ultimate cap holy he just shit. needs to do the thing it's like this a on my head doesn't mean france you know it doesn't mean france which i mean there's still time he there's still, still time do it. yeah <laughs> oh my god yeah like a whole lot of this boy season is about like moral degradation where it's like you know what are you willing to risk and what are you willing to do to overthrow the bad guys and the powers mm -hmm. that be and we see this 
really showcased in like the battle between Huey and Butcher, but also Starlight and Mother's Milk, where their <laughs> whole thing is like, look, I know sometimes, you know, it feels like you're losing all the time and the only time, only way you can win is by using the bad guys' tactics against them. But the truth is, if we turn the world to shit trying to save it, then all we're going to have is a world of shit. Yeah, yeah. They, they are, the, like, the most, uh, I guess, like, pure characters, Mother's Milk yeah. and Starlight, where they're, yeah, they're trying to use their, their influence and powers for good, but it doesn't work because of the world they're in. Yeah, it's very, it's very fascinating. Where it's like, oh man, if you existed in the real DC Marvel universe, you would win because that kind of ideology always wins. Yeah. But here in the world of the boys, it's about poking holes and all of that. Even with someone like Huey, who was the most idealistic when the show started, he mm -hmm. was the heart of the team. And when he finds out that the senator is actually evil and was like adopted by Vaughn, it's like, oh fuck, you know, Butcher was right. We can't win. Even the right way is wrong. Yep. And it's like, wow, you know, this show really goes to places and honestly honors the nihilism of the Ennis book without wallowing in it. it. It does it so much better than the book. Yeah. Like everything it's done so far, like elevates uh, the it just elevates the material and like even like makes it like look so much better. And you know what I like about that too? Ennis isn't pissy about it. Like no. say a Mike McNoll is pissy about it. Ennis yeah. is like, good job. I, I like yeah. you like the wife lived. I should write a book about the wife now. Yeah. And he does. Yeah, Again, it's, I it's still, great. I still hold that against Mike Mignola, him getting all pissy about the Ron <laughs> Perlman Hellboy movies. They're not like my books. And then him totally talking up the David Harp one. Oh, this yeah. is like my books. This is yeah. what I've always wanted. This is so great. Uh, really, because the reviews suck and it didn't make any money. So yeah, maybe maybe you should have just kept with you know the one that was actually successful and be happy that you know there was a gateway to something you wrote, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah that's a conversation for another day so yeah boys boys continues to be really great continues to be something super special and like it really yeah like it keeps evolving is the mm -hmm. thing where it's like wow this show keeps growing and evolving in ways i wasn't expecting yeah i have to wonder like how many episodes of this season are left well we were on episode six so probably like eight or ten right okay yeah yeah because oh i mean they're coming back for another season so yeah, I'm in, I'm intrigued to see where this season's gonna end, and because it's it it because it keeps ramping up towards the end of where it's like okay, we're just we're just gonna they end up gonna like they're gonna kill Homelander. Yeah, uh, there is eight episodes actually. It ends okay. on July eighth. Okay, yeah, cool. Because yeah, you're absolutely right. Because they can't draw out this fight with Homelander forever. No. no. Because then the show will get boring, and like even now they basically said there's a ticking clock where you know once Homelander isn't beloved, once he doesn't have to like you know keep up the facade of being a hero, yeah. there's nothing stopping him from just burning down the whole world at that point. Yeah. So they they need to stop him, and yeah, I have to imagine like season four would have to be like the final season. You would think, but then it's like it's so popular, though, and they're talking about doing like a spinoff, like the Watt yeah. School for Gifted Youngsters. Yeah, I, I guess maybe find someone else to like take over Homelander's place or something. Maybe like they haven't parodied X-Men yet. Like there's so much stuff from the book they haven't quite touched yet. Mm -hmm. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how you would artificially keep this going. Yeah. Maybe, like, they don't defeat him, but he, like, goes to jail or something, so they have to try and, defeat, you know, build a world post-Homelander. They depower him, so, like, they yeah. get rid of the powers, but he's still there and has influence, so he becomes, like, like, he runs for, like, president or something, you oh, know? Yeah, yeah. You could do, like, uh, like Hitler after the beer hall pushed, where it's like, yeah, he went to jail, but that only made him more dangerous. Yeah, yeah. 
least more people were rallied around him and everything. Yeah, that'd be a way to go. Or you do the thing, he does destroy the world, and then season five is fucking post-apocalyptic boys. <laughs> That's a direction they could go if they really wanted to, because, yeah, like, the, the, the show is interesting because it goes on book and goes off book so yeah. much. Yeah, uh, but, but the thing is, like, everything they do off book also fits in with the book. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, tell me about it. But yeah, so that's the boys, everyone. It's a lot of fun. It's really cool. They're going places I wouldn't expect. It's good stuff. It's good, yeah. Uh, Want to talk about Star Wars next? I know you're chomping yeah. at the bit to talk about the Kenobi finale. Yes, yes. All right, where where do you want to start with this, Matt? Because a lot of stuff <laughs> happened. A lot of stuff happened. A lot of like amazing stuff happened. <laughs> sure did. So yeah, you know, we have the path on the run from Vader. Obi-Wan needing to say his teary goodbyes, knowing that he's the only one who can slow Vader up long enough uh, for the path to escape. And, you know, I like that they basically say here, yeah, you know, this proto version of the rebellion was started by, uh, what is it, by Ice Cube's kid. And I really like that. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. And I, it's so much better than like what the old canon version was where it was started by fucking Starkiller. I know, right? So shit, so stupid. I, got, I like this origin much better for the Rebellion that it started as like the Jedi Underground Railroad. Yeah, I like that it's even not, not even really a rebellion anyway. It's just like, no. just like a bunch of refugees that learn that they probably can fight back. Yeah, we're, we're just trying to live. We're not trying to yeah. fight yet. But because we meet with Obi-Wan and because, you know, we instill all this stuff in young Leia, that means in the future we will actually become a guerrilla fighting force. Yeah, yeah. And, and I imagine we'll see that continue in uh, Andor. Yeah, yeah, probably because we got Ma Mothra and everything there. Yeah. Ma Mothal. What did I say? Ma Mothra? Mon Mothma. Mon Mothma. Yes, Mon we have Mothra. Mothra. <laughs> yes, we have, man, I'm sure that's fan art out there somewhere <laughs> of like Mothra saying, now here, here's the Death Star where you need to go along the trench. Actually, you know what? I'll go. I can fly. <laughs> I'll go and I'll blow it up myself. <laughs> I forgot I was Mothra for a second. <laughs> uh yeah that's definitely a place they could go hell uh they give a great origin of leia's holster which i didn't think i'd give a shit about because i'm one of those people who's like every piece of ephemera from star wars doesn't need a fucking backstory let's not yeah. turn this into goddamn han's blaster from solo all over again but it actually worked and it actually it, made sense it has a message behind it yeah that's not just his is how he gets this gun or thing or yeah. ship or yeah it's, it's literally, you know, the spark of the rebellion and how it will live on and how she remembered this cool fighting lady who gave everything for the cause. And it mm -hmm. also shows, you know, Leia essentially building her costume, essentially, yes. you know, to become the leader we know later and her realizing, hey, you know, Bail Organa, dad, I thought about it. There's other ways to fight now. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to try and become a politician and a senator and everything else. And I'm going to fight them that way. Mm -hmm. And I like it a lot. Yeah good it's good shit but obviously of course i think the thing everyone you know chomping at the bit to talk about the big second to last the penultimate showdown between obi-wan and vader yeah i i knew this was going to happen in the episode but i was kind of hoping that they wouldn't do it like they they, they like they wouldn't like get to fight each other again 
Yeah, part of me was worried. I'm like, oh, you don't want to step on what came before, and you really don't want to step on the beautiful simplicity of a new hope and everything. You know, oh God, you know, you're walking, you're walking the fucking razor's edge here, guys. <laughs> this this could become so stupid in a matter of seconds. But thankfully, they were really reserved about the whole thing. That were it was really good with the fight because it it did like a number of. Uh, things because like obviously throughout the whole show we've seen obi-wan sort of reconnect with the force and like o over over the over the episodes and here is like when he finally reconnects with it because he he learns to sort of let go of anakin and like focus on his kids on the future yes, of, of, of the jedi order he, he lived the jedi teachings he tapped into the serenity of the whole thing and that's yeah. what gave him power to overcome vader who as we've seen with him and reva and the inquisitor they're all powered by rage and anger mm -hmm. by trauma and everything and obi-wan had all that stuff in him but instead he focused on the future on the new hope and that's what allowed him to go ultra mega obi-wan <laughs> and tap into his full power he went ultra instinct yeah <laughs> he literally did with the rocks and everything where it's like and you know what anakin i never taught you to do this <laughs> <laughs> also too vader had the high ground as the chat is saying there but it didn't matter for him though no no it doesn't count for him he doesn't have the buff yeah, he doesn't have the buff he didn't take that perk when he leveled up there on the <laughs> as the high ground i i also like that it also uh hit home back the the message we saw in the previous episode with those with those flashbacks where like anakin he never learnt that like there was more ways to win than just like beating the shit out of your opponent yeah I mean, yeah, he never learned that he is he is stubborn he is one-minded even the apprentice looks at him like you yeah, motherfucker are you really giving up on killing the rebellion in its infancy to go fight your old teacher you are holy shit you are <laughs> yeah yeah even in grand inquisitor knew that was wrong <laughs> knew that was wrong but knew he couldn't say anything about her else he'd be getting a force choking <laughs> yep yep <laughs> Which is great, too, where it's like, wow, so, you know, Vader was ultimately, like, one of the greatest boons for the Empire, but also one of their greatest weaknesses as well. Yeah, it's also great, because when, when we see the Emperor later on, and he's, like, kind of chides Vader for, like, hey, you, you know, stop doing, you know your own personal projects on company time. Um, yeah, he literally was. Like, uh, but, but I like that that also kind of harkens back to the message we saw in the last jedi which is like you need to uh like kill the past and destroy mm -hmm. it to move forward something vader never learned but like kylo and all that did absolutely i get you yeah, there's actually a lot of last jedi shadows here too like the frames and the shots there on the planet surface mm -hmm. himself mm -hmm. obi even looks a little like luke at the end of his yeah. life yeah yeah they got like the same hair going on, the same robe combo, and I'm like, oh, that's fun, is you know, Luke at his end looked like Obi Wan more or less at the end of his Jedi career when they made mm -hmm. their last stands. Yeah, um, the, the their fight as well also contained I, again. It goes back to that thing. It's like something that probably wasn't needed because it explains something away, but something that w when added in is actually kind of cool, and that's how it explains why uh, Obi Wan always just calls vader after this fight darth Don't vader want. or darth yeah. or and and also kind of explains how he says that how he tells luke that darth vader killed his father because yeah it's technically telling the truth because that's what yes. vader told him 
Yes, because that's what this quest really was about. It was about Obi-Wan trying to assuade his own guilt for the part he played in the rise of Darth Vader, mm-hmm. and Anakin straight up telling him, you know, you you didn't kill Anakin. I did. None of this is your fault. I picked all of this for myself because yeah. I'm an asshole. And and just and doing that as well is like is also his downfall as well because then Obi-Wan's like, well then. I'm not gonna feel bad about this. Yeah, yeah. see ya. Bye. <laughs> bye, motherfucker. Bye, b- bitch. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> also, hey, as the chat was sure to point out to Obi Wan cracks open the mask in the opposite place that Ahsoka mm-hmm. cracks the mask open in Rebels. They they both get a second of seeing the real Anakin again. Yeah, and I like as well. Like thanks to the the interactive lighting on the lightsabers they have now, I like that he goes like when he talks as Anakin, it's blue on his face yes. and then when he turns to Darth Vader it turns red yeah what a cool effect is that we heard both the Hayden Christian voice and the James Earl Jones voice all at once I'm also sure that they put Matt Lander's voice from the cartoon Probably. series in there as well because there's bits in there that sound like his voice as well I like if it was oh. all three can combine together which is a beautiful touch the three people who have you know meant so much to this character over the years yeah we also got an, an explanation for why Vader in Return of the Jedi had a big scar across top yes. of his head Oh my, I can't believe all this time later they're still actually adding little stuff where it's like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, and as well, in Return of the Jedi, uh, Vader basically has this that exact same conversation that he has with Obi-Wan with Luke. Yeah. And Luke, Luke kind of has the exact same reaction Respond. as Obi-Wan, and that's sort of like the trigger that makes Vader turn back to the light side. Yeah. It's it's really well done. Again, really well done. Subtle and reserved, but also with badass moments there. Again, Obi-Wan didn't need to flip around. He just needed no. to lift some big rocks. I, I I watched the finale with my mom, who obviously is a Star Wars fan, too. She saw the original. She saw the, you know, sequel and prequel trilogy. And her comment was the best. She said, what's with the Jedi always lifting rocks at each other? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it works. And I'm, like, and I'm like, shit, I think you're on to something, right? Because literally what was Ray's whole thing? Like, oh, you're going to use the Force to lift some rocks and then at the end she lifts some rocks <laughs> it always comes down to rocks with these people one way or another <laughs> that's the real thing that ties the star wars universe yeah, together rocks. <laughs> big rocks uh obviously we got to talk about the bit with reva her whole thing is like well can't kill vader but i can kill his family line though that'll make me feel better yeah oh man i i love reva's whole character throughout this whole show it's uh, it was like, a great arc I, I maybe it's just because i'm a bit more media literate than most people but like i think mm-hmm. by the second and third episode i knew what like her arc oh, was yeah. going to be like it was very oh, obvious of course, yeah. Um, oh yeah but yeah i i i, I really like that like yeah she decides to like go and try and kill luke uh and then realizes that she's becoming she's vader. becoming darth vader Again, you know, it was one thing to want to kill Vader because he's a bad guy and he hurts so many people. But if I kill this innocent child, I will have gone completely to the dark side and there will be no coming back for me in this moment. Yeah, it's also great that she she also she wanted to kill Obi-Wan as well and like feels he's Mm. responsible for what happened to Vader and for leaving Mm. her and abandoning the Jedi. So I like that she she hated both sides of it and she's kind of right in both in hating both since the the Sith killed like her friends uh, like youngling Mm. friends and everything and the Jedi who took her in then just completely abandoned her and just forget forgot about her so yeah. And now she's perfectly primed for any spinoff projects because because let's face it, that's the thing. It's like, hey, we got this cool idea for a character who we think could hold up shows and movies, games and comics. Yes, yes. I want to see more of Reva. 
Oh yeah, I mean we'll we'll get the fucking Reva show. Reva will show up and stuff. I no wonder if she's gonna be in uh the Full and Order sequel. Uh, quite possibly. That'd I know that was a cool. rumor too, where it's like, hey, should we do a Cal Kestis show too? Because mm -hmm. that kid's an actor. Yeah. And I'm like, I guess you could if you really wanted to, but I think the games tell their own story pretty good. Yeah. I mean, we also got to talk about the Owens. Can I'm glad that all every Star Wars fan, as disagreeing and you know, uh, factionistic as everyone was, it seems that everyone could agree. <laughs> Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru getting strapped to fighting Inquisitor was cool as fuck. <laughs> it was cool, but it was also I'm, I was actually kind of surprised at how many people, like, were were like shocked that they were they would like go in arms uh, like with guns and shit. I'm like, no shit, they're like farmers who have to fend off like Tuscan yeah. Raider attacks. Like, of course they're gonna have guns and everything. Yeah, yeah, they're frontier farmers in yeah. basically the space wild west. Yeah, like he said. Hell, uh, I love the reasoning they gave to how Luke didn't know anything was going on. It's like, yeah, Tuscans are raiding again, kid. You're, you're gonna have to run and hide, which mm -hmm. makes me think, geez, this this traumatic moment is this why Luke gets freaked out by that Tuscan mm -hmm. raider when he jumps them in a new hope? Probably he just had like a nom flashback to this moment as a kid. Probably they also kept canon in touch where he never saw Reva. Uh... Without her hood on and without her yep. lightsaber on, yep. So she, Which so again, we never saw a lightsaber until he got his uh, ten years later. Yep. So just blaming, just blaming Tuscans for what this one Reva. <laughs> these goddamn natives. <laughs> these these goddamn natives who it's their planet. Which I love. We can do that. We can still demonize the Tuscans over here, and then in the Boba Fett show, be like, nah, they're actually pretty nice once you get to know them. Yeah, not not all Tuscans. <laughs> not all Tuscans. Yes, exactly. He, he met a pretty cool group of Tuscans even after they tried to enslave him. But you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But then they taught him the ways. You know, they gave him a cool religious awakening. They let him go to a big tree <laughs> i'd say we're more than even at that point uh that's super cool uh obi-wan wears his white and brown uh costume from the comics yes, yes. that's a comic yeah exclusive. from the uh jason aaron star wars comics yeah that's pretty fucking sweet i like that it's a good look yeah yeah it is it's a really good look it's a good look he gets introduced to luke for the first time and he says the line everyone was waiting for yep yep hello there yeah which, I like some people were pissed at that, too. It's like, oh, this breaks canon, they shouldn't have met you. And I'm like, no, but Luke was aware yeah. of him. Yeah, in the comics, Luke met him a bunch of times. Luke knows he's like a crazy old wizard who lives out in yeah. the fucking Dune Sea. Yeah, he even says, they're like, yeah, I think he's talking about old Ben Kenobi. Like, he's basically his neighbor. He was his yeah. neighbor and his yeah. goddamn neighbor. Like, yeah. like, how old do you know your own neighbors? And how old would you know a guy you met when you were nine years old? Yeah, he's that crazy guy who just lives down the end of the street, you know? Yeah, really. Don't go past his house after five o'clock, you know? Yeah, he's freaking Doc Brown there. You know, he's got he's got the space nom flashbacks. He fought <laughs> Clone Wars. <laughs> but yeah, that was good. And of course, the other thing, because this thing was just basically ticking every fan box they possibly could, we see Quagon Jin's Force Ghost. Yeah, that was going to happen anyway. We, we all yeah. knew that was going to happen. They, they, again, you know, as good as this show is, they freaking signposted stuff really hard, didn't <laughs> yeah. they? Yeah. <laughs> They're like, look, guys, this is definitely coming. We promise. Reva will, you know, uh, Reva's definitely this girl you saw in the beginning. She'll definitely have, you know, uh, a friggin', you know, come to the light side arc, and you will definitely see Quag on Jin at some point. Yeah, and and it, it was a good place to put him as well because he, it like uh, Obi Wan had obviously right. like lot, let go of like uh, Anakin and like it become you know more in touch with the force since he's been in years and yeah and as as qui-gon said it took him long enough he's been right here the whole time he just didn't see him 
Aww, which is a nice touch there. Is it like, I'm always with you? Yeah. You think they're going to do a second season? Because I know they say, where it's like, oh, we could. There's like still like, what is it, like nine years where we could do a sequel if we wanted. <laughs> I, I want two minds of this. I don't want them to. I want them to be, okay, Damn. that's it. Then you can go read like the comics, see him like mm. fuck around with Jabba and Black Chrysanthemum and yep. all that, yep. and then have a new hope. But on the other hand, I, I want them to, but to have it completely set on Tatooine in his house and he just like learns about it's just like full-on history of like Jedi and lore of the force and so it's like an anthology series but with Ewan McGregor as like the crypt keeper oh hello there I'm going to read you a new legend of the Jedi More, more or less yeah that's fine. That's good. Hell, I'd, I'd even take a show where it's like, it's just him and Reva maybe have to go on an adventure. Like she comes to him for something where it's like, oh, there's some youngling somewhere trapped. You know, you're the only one who can help me. I, I don't know whether I'd want him to leave Tatooine because they mm, did that. They did that in the should. old canon and a bunch of books where like every, like he left on like this huge journey and he got, and it yeah, gets he had really to, ridiculous yeah, he point. had to fight like Boba Fett and like all these other characters. It and to be yeah. Much. Yeah. I, I mean, as we saw with, you know, the Boba Fett show, you could do a whole thing on Tatooine if you really wanted to. Maybe show some sides of that planet we haven't seen before. Yeah. yeah. You could, you could just fine. do a live-action version of those Aaron comics where he fights Jabba's men who are, like, yeah. water-taxing uh, moisture farmers, and then he has yeah. to end up fighting Black Chrysanthemum. That would be cool. Again, I think people would like that. Yeah. Again, you know, it would be a little obvious, but, you know, obvious isn't always bad. No, people want, like, I keep seeing people say, oh, second season has to be all, like, Clone Wars flashbacks. I'm like, you have seven seasons of Clone Wars. Of television, yeah. You don't need to repeat that in live action just because you want to see, you know, Hayden Christensen swinging a lightsaber around on a green screen again. It existed. It was there. It was fine. Yeah. It's good. Move on. I know that's hard for Star Wars fans, but it's time to move on. Yeah also cool too you know i mean all the credit in the world to deborah chow you know obviously getting to see a star wars thing where it's like oh that was one directoral vision from start to finish yep as much as i like boba fett and as much as i like mandalorian that's very much more episodic tv mm-hmm. where every episode feels like someone else yeah and fe- and feels like whilst while connected it also like is kind of standalone-ish yeah like very each much episode so. yeah is a mini movie unto itself yeah but yeah, it, it was it was cool. It was cool. I liked it. It was definitely enjoyed. There was a lot of places they could have gone wrong with it. Absolutely, yeah. Which I'm glad they did, and I'm glad they kind of you know stuck the landing. And it genuinely seemed like most people were pretty happy with this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Outside of like like the people the who weren't happy, the, the 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 people who weren't liking it, like had real nitpicky yes. reasons not to like. Oh, the music's not John Williams. Oh. Mm this didn't happen this didn't happen you know yeah yes outside the professional bellyacre set the rage grifters out there mm-hmm. most people genuinely seem to like this one yeah hell i saw some places you could actually go to the movie theater and they'd actually play like I, all six episodes they did that here in melbourne but not in my state and i was really upset because i i wanted to see like i'd love to have seen it on the big screen i imagine this would have been really good on the big screen actually yeah shit star wars is all about re-releasing stuff can we re-release this one in the theater i don't see it <laughs> seems like a fun time felt Should like a movie c- yeah cut it together as like a full movie you probably could it probably wouldn't take much at all to cut it into a movie no yeah 
So that was good. Uh, I guess we'll talk about Miss Marvel, too. You know, we're three episodes deep into this now. And, uh, oh, boy, the connections to the greater universe now are coming fast and furious. They are, aren't they? Yes, we see uh, Kamala's grand- great-grandmother in Partition-era India. They're raiding an ancient tomb, and they find a blue hand with the bangle that might be the Negaband, might be the Cosmic Band. We don't know yet. Yeah, the the tomb that is... Uh, the was owned at some point probably by the 10 rings because the 10 rings yes. symbol was there and the blue arm probably a Cree. people keep saying it was a djinn but i keep saying it's like well what's to say that djinn weren't Cree? blue at some point yeah exactly for like, all what, we know like 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 how like the norse believe that their gods the asgardians are like like you yeah. know gods and norse people whereas where they're really just aliens yeah, I mean, as we've seen time and time again, the Kree fuck with Earth all the yeah. time. Yeah, exactly. And have come and gone. This this further strengthens the theory you and I had on this show, and that is like, look, they're not doing the inhuman thing anymore where they're trying to create genetic weapons out of humanity for their cosmic wars. Mm-hmm. Now they're creating, quote, unquote, magical items to turn people into weapons. Yeah, yeah. They give, like, it gives people the inhuman powers without... Mm, turning them into inhumans like in like inhumans like the terrogenesis and humans were like version one of that or something yes which further strengthens the idea too that you know the 10 rings whatever those are i think we know those came from space the nega band or the cosmic band or whatever this is came from space i'm guessing all these things are related now yeah somehow yeah they're all like different super weapons from like the kree shia mm-hmm. all you know all those people something like that yeah that they like seeded them on earth so people would fight each other yeah uh you, you gotta really talk about miss marvel too it's probably the most like tv show feeling disney mm-hmm. plus show where like everything else you know kind of felt like long movies at a point this one is definitely like this is a show this is an episode with a beginning middle and end yeah yeah it, it definitely it doesn't feel um like all the other shows all felt like parts of like a movie yes whereas this is definitely like oh yeah this is you know serialized tv this is a show which is you know kind of what miss marvel felt like in the book too they really nailed the sequential media thing in that as well Uh, this is this is the wedding episode we see kamala's brother amir is getting married which is funny because it took him fucking forever to get married in the book (laughs) as as well like this this wedding as well it felt like a real wedding like it didn't feel like a tv wedding you know no yeah and i like that they're in they're in yeah it was fun because it was like in like a like like a hall and there was like other people getting married as there as well rooms yeah yeah i thought that was incredibly fun there also too man talk about good positive representation where it's like yeah the muslim face something that is often demonized on new in news and in other stores here they are dancing and having fun doesn't this look like a fun party don't you wish you got invited to the fun party Yeah. yeah it looks great yeah, I wish I could have gone. <laughs> uh, we also, I guess, technically get introduced to our villains of the piece, the clandestines, but maybe not the clandestines from the books. They claim to be beings from other from another dimension who were exiled, and maybe they're jinns, but also maybe they're lying. Yeah, I, I again, that that was also something where it's like, oh, they could easily be inhumans because they mention like, all these different names, and inhuman names, could yeah. be one of those names. They just didn't mention it. They just didn't mention because we've been called many things throughout history. Which, yeah, because in the books, she fought like a little crew of evil and humans. And also, like, Cameron was a bad guy there. He was working for Lash, I do believe. Mm-hmm. Who they were really trying to push as inhuman Magneto. Here, though, he actually seems to be the, like, conflicted one of the group. Yeah, yeah. 
Also, Kamala's dad eats Hostess fruit pies, which I think is fucking hilarious yeah. when you on, remember on, the long... On the down low, yeah. <laughs> on the down low. When you remember the long history of comic books with ads for Hostess fruit pies in the back. <laughs> yeah, he, he grew up reading those comic ads, so he knows what's good. Yeah, he, he likes the up. synthetic taste of them, yeah. <laughs> which is true. I mean, you know, it's kind of hard to beat. <laughs> Real fruit just does not hit the same. <laughs> Uh, also, damage control being much more involved in this show than I thought they would be. Yeah, well, I, again, it, it kind of makes sense after, like, all the shit that Spider-Man put them through. They'd be mm-hmm. like, okay, we got to crack down on these fucking teen superheroes. There's <laughs> fucking too many of them. I like that they're using Stark's tech, like those drones. Yes. Um, after, after seizing them and from uh, No Way Home. Nice bit of connective tissue. These rowdy teens. we got to crack down on yeah. all these damn rowdy teens. Yeah. And it, it also brings in... Uh, sort of the thing about like how the government just thinks they can just like stand up like stand up on these uh minority groups like they mm-hmm. like they just like march into the mosque and like like so okay yeah. we're just gonna like look around and they're like no you can't do that this is like private oh. property you know you need a warrant oh, yes. and all that yeah oh yeah there's some very you know uh not so subtle socio-political commentary going on in the show where it's like hey not only is Miss Marvel a hero, but she's a hero from, you know, a smaller, often demonized community. And the FBI and the intelligence agencies were already watching her mosque, already assuming that, you know, if, you know, one of these people, one of those people got powers, they might have to worry. Yeah. I like her friend, uh, Nakia's little arc with her trying to become like, yeah. like get on the board of the mosque and everything. Mm. And she's like sort of taking charge of like dealing with these people that come that into fun, the mosque yeah. and everything. That was fun yeah she was a she was a big character in the comics and the aman is getting a lot to do too because he was also a big part of the original g willow wilson stories too he was basically like matt murdoch's priest she would always be like going to him and asking for advice and he would give like veiled advice where it's like you know this is for a superhero but not really for a superhero and yeah. he ends up being the one saying with her great power comes great responsibility yeah. good isn't something you are it's something you do yeah it's so good Man, G. Well Wilson really fucking nailed that one in issue one, and now it's been in every other Miss Marvel thing. Yeah, I mean, if it's 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 not broke, don't fix it. Absolutely. I mean, it's not every day someone like knocks out of the park their own. Uh, what is it? Their own with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. and and to do it like really simply as well, like like simply Absolutely. put it. Totally. <laughs> Chat saying they loved that Law and Order. Shout out me too. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, how do you know that? Yeah, I just watch a lot of Law & Order reruns. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's a lot of fun. I really don't know where the next episode is going to go because the bad guys get rounded up by damage control. Yeah, well, I imagine they'll probably escape somehow, you know. I guess. Because uh, they all seem super-powered and everything, so they'll, they'll escape. and uh, I, Or maybe maybe Kamala will, like, free them. Maybe, I like, don't know. Like, try and reform them or something because they, they, they yeah. were coming after her for her band maybe she'll like try and get on their good side again or something well it sounds like we're gonna have an episode in karachi which sounds interesting yeah yeah she's gonna go visit her uh grandmother and learn learn a bit more about the the band maybe even get the second one i guess so yeah we're we're gonna try and heal the decades worth of trauma between the women in this family Mm -hmm. which is clearly a thing that's kind of the backbone of this show yeah yeah Again, wasn't really so much a thing in the comics, but, you know, there's worse things to make the show about. And I'm sure many, you know, uh, immigrant families can relate to this when you have Mm -hmm. your family spread out all over the world. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm sure there's stuff that, you know, really applies there. That stuff's good. 
Uh, but I think the question we all want to answer to is Brown Jovi okay? Did Brown Jovi make it? <laughs> I fucking love Brown Jovi so much. <laughs> we had that in this episode, and then the other, and then last week's episode, we had the Illuminantes. The Illuminantes, <laughs> that's pretty fucking great. <laughs> also, we got a Bon Jovi song for the fight scene. Yeah. I didn't think Bon Jovi would fit for a fight scene, but it did. It was good. Yeah, it was good. It's really good. Uh, a Carter helping us out in the chat. If uh, damage control is cracking down on enhanced people, when do you think Marvel Studios will cover enhanced people registering with the government? Hmm. We'll do like a second uh, yeah, hero yeah. registry because it's kind of had that already. Or, you know, as I keep assuming, and maybe we'll know because D23 is coming up, I keep thinking all these young heroes, they're going to be building up to young Avengers or champions, whatever they end up calling it. Yeah, and they're going to fight... Uh thunderbolts thunderbolts is going to be the 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 government issue team i reckon yes to try and crack down on all these damn young heroes yeah yeah i also heard a great story too about the actress who plays kamal in this apparently she was watching wandavision on her phone while they were filming this because it was coming out okay and it's the one time Kevin Feige ever got mad at her. He's like, no, don't watch it on your phone. Watch it on a big TV. It took so long to make it. We do so many audio visual tricks for it. Don't watch it on your phone. And I'm like, ah, Kevin Feige is me. I also get mad when people watch movies on their phone. I like to think as well, am I just like double down and just like put it on like like her ipod or something like an old ipod or something yeah i just love that kevin feige in his baseball cap and jeans no don't watch it like that <laughs> again we we tried so hard so many sleepless nights making it perfect <laughs> also this lady being such a freaking fan where it's like yeah, yeah i'm gonna make the miss marvel show but i also gotta see what's happening with wandavision right now yeah gotta stay up on it gotta stay yeah. up on it that, that would be us too if we ever got to join the mcu it's like yeah but i gotta read the books from this week though too <laughs> gotta make time for that to see what's going on because <laughs> that's what a real fan is <laughs> but yeah so there's your tv catch up everyone figured that would be fun to do because there wasn't much news this week and there's just a lot of really good tv to cover there is yeah we're in a golden age of superhero television i like basically everything yeah uh-huh now uh let's talk about the books we read this week which again uh didn't get to read as many because we're doing the show on saturday but i did read a few and so did matt yeah all right where would you like to begin matt uh let's cover some of the dark crisis stuff that happened uh sure. first... i read one you read both yeah first with young justice issue one oh boy more like midlife dark crisis am i right <laughs> what the fuck i'm, I'm glad this? you picked up on all of this shit like i did as well <laughs> Like, I saw you talking about it on Twitter because, you know, we're always following each other. I'm like, man, I'm sure it can't be that bad. Oh, no, it's worse than Matt made it sound. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we're at the funeral again for all the, you know, Justice Leaguers who are dead, but we know they're not really dead. And people like Wally and Nightwing don't even believe they're dead and don't even believe this crisis is a big deal, which, wow, talk about maybe being too self-aware. <laughs> When you have these characters literally poking holes in the drama. <laughs> and But the story's not about them. It's about Cassie and Connor and Bart, and, you know, all these, you know, younger characters who basically find themselves in a state of midlife crisis arrested development because they're not the heroes that went missing, but they're not the new young heroes like John and Jace and, you know, Yara and everyone. They're just kind of stuck in the middle and they are pissy about everything. They are really, yeah, they really, 
because Cassie is the, the, the POV character for all this issue. Yeah. And she is like so pissy that it's not about her. She's bad, sissies, but everyone is bad in this. Yeah. No one comes off from this looking no. good. Everyone has a moment of being a real asshole. But yeah, she's like, so yeah, the, the league is gone and these young heroes are taking up. But but what about us? We always get screwed over in every crisis. We either end up dying or end up getting depowered or lost in the speed force. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's true. DC editorial has been, you know, shitting on you guys from great heights for like 20 years. But good good job taking a dark crisis, something that affects the entire universe and making it all, all about, about you. you. Yeah, yeah. And, and really, they're not the only ones who die in crisis events. Yeah. Like, loads of characters die in crisis events it's yeah, just it, not them at least you got brought back do i need to bring out the list of characters and minor characters who died and yeah. didn't get to come back yeah yeah and like yeah it's, it's even worse because like um there's a part where like connor says like oh we won't mm -hmm. even get like like treated like how the justice league are uh, being treated when we die yeah. i'm like connor you had a statue resurrected in your honor when you died an infinite crisis you had a cult try and bring you yeah. back to life. Like to say that you're not like revered or anything is just mm -hmm. completely wrong. Yeah. And also impulse has a statue. Yeah. Impulse has a statue in the fucking flash museum when, uh, uh, immortalizing him from when he died and everything. Yeah. What, what is your problem? What is this? Woe is me. Oh, you'll, you'll love me and respect me when I die. Yeah. And I'm like, are we supposed to like you characters? Also, too, because it's like a big reunion. They're like, oh, it's the first time we've been together, you know, because they died. Well, not really. You were together and all friends at the end of the Bendis era. But yeah, this you, you had a literal, you had a fucking book where you were all together on adventures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but oops. Yeah, we forgot about that. Also, hey, here's Sissy Arrowette, who they act like they haven't seen her in forever, even yeah. though she was in that uh, Bendis yep. series from 2019. Yep. She's a real bitch in this sissy. Oh, holy she shit. She really is, isn't she? She's like, yeah, I'm in college. I don't give a shit about you people anymore. I, yeah. You weren't my friend for decades, but like I got college applications to fill out. I don't give a shit. You know? Yeah. Cassie's the worst too. She's like, yeah, yeah. where were you when everything was going on? I was living a normal human life. Something none of you people can do. Get off my ass. <laughs> there is no person to like in this book. They're all terrible. And then the three boys just end up disappearing somewhere and they don't know if they're in another universe or if they're in back in time, but it seems like they've traveled back in time. Yeah. They get sent back to the good old days to the mm -hmm. actual, like the first issue of their young justice series in 1995. Yes. Where all, all of the history only leads up to Superman's death in 1993. Um, yep. So they actually end up fighting uh, mighty and doubt who was their first enemy who didn't actually fight them because for people who don't know mighty endowed is a character who uh she was like an archaeologist who got turned uh by new god technology into a woman whose tits are so big they can hypnotize the people that look at them yep. <laughs> but because they're also so big she can't actually stand up and when she actually yes. fought them back then she literally just fell over because of them yep uh, she also dresses like a cat because yep. her name was supposed to be Sex Kitten, but they didn't want to have sex in the name, so they changed it at the last second. Yeah, yeah. So she's a giant joke character, but she's, like, super powerful now. Yeah, some reason they're, like, fighting her and, like, they're having actual trouble with her when they remember not having any trouble with her. And this is also when, uh, back in that, in that first Young Justice issue is when Cassie joined the team. Yep, yep. 
Uh, also, too, you mentioned there about how, like, oh, we're back in time now. We're back in the good old days. It's not just that. Tim said something that got under my fucking skin, too. He's like, oh, maybe this is the world as it was supposed to be. I'm like, yeah. wow, you selfish Fuck little you. prick. So, yeah. so so a reality where you're happy and everything worked out for you and your friends is the right universe and every other universe yeah. is wrong. You entitled little shit. Yeah, it's... everything about this is is just so and it's really weird because this is the writer who's doing that tim drake i know uh, which has me kind of kind of a little bit worried about that book um megan fitzsimmons who she wrote for supernatural she wrote for the dc animated stuff the only other book of hers i read was ironically that tim drake future state book mm -hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm but yeah, oh yeah, that doesn't fill me with hope either. Yeah, every line is worse than the one that preceded it. Sissy, you know, because like, like the only proactive person is Cassie because she's like, well, where did the boys go? We got to find them. Yeah, yeah, and she like, yeah, goes to uh, Sissy and Sissy's like, ah, I don't give a shit, maybe they're off, you know, coping and everything. She visits Wally. Wally has his oh, own sh- shit to deal with. She just doesn't say coping. She says, I bet they're finding negative coping mechanisms to yeah. get over the death of their fake fathers. I'm yeah. like, fuck you. Yeah. <sighs> These are your friends. What is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, she, Cassie goes to see like Wally. Wally's dealing with his own shit, which we'll talk about when I talk about the Flashbook. He, um, he blows her off super hard and says, I can't deal with your teen angst but, right now. I'm like, oh my God. Another couple seconds I mean, that he would have just said, yeah, Cassie's on the rag. <laughs> it was a little bit warranted for him because he had some like pretty big shit happen in that flash oh, crisis I, book but yeah i, I know what you I, mean I get I know it, what you but mean. even yeah. like like even yeah. wally at his worst wouldn't have been like yeah i'm gonna yeah, yeah. blow away this person and eat whatever three kids gone who gives a shit yeah nightwing and superman are kind of the same is that they're a little bit more in character they're a little nicer yes yeah they're like no we kind of need the help but we don't know where they are yeah, they're not horribly insulting to her. They're just no. like, well, you know, this happens sometimes. You know, maybe give them their space and everything. I'm sure they'll put their heads up when they're ready to be seen again. Yeah. But yeah, this this book was a feel-bad book. I felt bad reading this. Yeah. Now, the the, the twist could be the dark darkness is, like, infecting them. That is the, my theory. But the thing is, you need to sort of signpost that, and there's nowhere really in this do. issue that that's no. signposted at all. No, hell, if you picked this up, you would even have no idea that anything was going on with the Great Darkness or what no. it works, because you just turn around and they're gone. Yeah. Yeah, I, like, I think someone said, like, oh, Dark Christ is supposed to be a story about legacy. I know Joshua Williamson has said that numerous times, and it certainly feels like we're getting stories about the different generations in the DC universe and how they react to, you mm-hmm. know, the main superheroes being gone. But this was not the way to do it, to have the Young Justice team react to, again, like I said, middle age to being the middle children by being sour and pissy and abrasive. Yeah, being really really pissy that they they aren't getting the spotlight and thing is thing is i said in my review if this happened 15 years ago like in the wake of infinite crisis i could understand it but this is happening 15 years too late again they all seem incredibly petty and it's also like hey kids i hate to be the one to break this to you but uh you were never front and center even when you were front and center because dc didn't give a shit about you because they've never cared about their young characters yes they are pushing their new younger characters your johns your yaras your aqua uh, aqua lads and everything but here's the thing uh they're probably going to push them aside in a decade too for more young characters and then they'll be the middle children so also smile and shut the fuck up basically (laughs) and some fans not getting that either where it's like yeah i wish that was the world as it was too you know where you know it was just them all the time like did did you not hear me just say tim was being you know a little brat 
Yeah, yeah. It, it's so obvious as well. It's it's insane. This is this is bad. I didn't like this, but I also can't wait for the next issue because if this continues to be this kind of train wreck, then this will be the special kind of bad book we haven't had in a while. It's kind of a win-win because it's either it's going to be like what we said. It's going to be the, the darkness infecting them. It's going to mm-hmm. tie in really well with this and it's going to be them mm-hmm. overcoming their yes. this and everything. Or it's going to be a train wreck and it's just going to be amazing to watch unfold. Yeah. Or, or this is one woman just writing her Young Justice fan fiction. And I don't yeah. like to throw the word fan fiction around too often because, you know, I think it's lost all meaning online. And also, there's good fan fiction and bad fan fiction. It doesn't fucking matter. But this right now feels like yeah. a bad piece of fan fiction. It, 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 it does. It feels like the writer, like, didn't like anything what's been happening with these characters at all. And wants to, like, all about it. but it's, like, putting too much of her own voice in these characters. Voice like, it's it, not yeah. Cassie talking. It's the uh, no. it's the writer <laughs> yes which which happens all the time to fanboys. it's just funny to see the fangirl equivalent yeah. of it yeah yeah which in that way it's almost fascinating because of that too where it's like huh because another thing people who were you know who remember that young justice run a lot better than me pointed out she makes a big point to say oh and you know cassie and tim got together at some point and connor didn't know and the fans like yeah they did and it yeah. wasn't a big deal after they did yeah. it. why why are you harping and picking and choosing that piece of canon yeah yeah when that happened it was like the connor was like oh yeah that's, that's okay it's understandable you know i was dead you know you moved on and yeah she she seemed to like really harp on that a little bit yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was really, I'm like, that That feels like such a fan thing that you pulled out right there. That feels like something that really stuck in your craw. Yeah. So, yeah, and we've got five more issues of this because this is a six-issue tie-in, oh. which, which really fucked me up because I'm thinking, oh, it'll be like one or two. No, it's a, Three at most, it's a full yeah. fucking miniseries. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so strap in. <laughs> fuck me running wow that's gonna be oh boy uh let's talk about the flash book instead i didn't read this please tell me this one was better uh it, it was uh it's probably going to be one you'll want to read if you want to read the barry allen side of the story right of, which is very important yeah uh so this is uh at the end of the last issue wally and uh wallace both found out that barry's been missing so they're like okay we're gonna sort out what's going on now the justice league are dead we're gonna go and search the omniverse for barry allen and we're going to gather all the flash family your max mercury's jesse quick jay garrett yeah yeah yeah. and we're going to use mr terrific's tech that he developed during that run where wally was bouncing around the speed force uh into different bodies they're going to use that tech to get back into the speed force and into the omniverse to find him and they've sort of narrowed down because obviously there's multiple barrys but they've narrowed Mm. down as he says it's kind of like an area code on a phone we've narrowed Mm. it down to three specific barrys and if you can find the right one you can just bring him home so the teams get ready to send off and then ira and jai arrive because linda has to tell wally that she now has powers she has speed powers um, that just sort of developed uh, uh over the course of the last couple of issues um but before she can tell him that the kids grab these like homing device things that will allow them to travel through time and Mm. enters the speed force and runs off because they want to try and find barry and be heroes and prove they can be heroes and everything so on top of finding barry wally has to also find his kids and his kids end up going to a world we don't know what what world it is but it's a world where it looks like it's a gotham city run by barry allen who runs oh. a company called allen tech and he's got this <laughs> giant tower and they're actually uh confronted by a bat themed speedster 
Oh, which, but then not Red Death, though. No. <laughs> no. Everyone forgets about Red Death, even though everyone loved Red Death for like a hot minute. Yeah, not Red Death. Um, Max and Jesse team up and go out through the portal, and they end up in Mad Max, where Barry Allen is Mad Max driving a Charger. <laughs> um, and then Walt, the two Wallies end up going into the correct world, which is where Flash is, which is that flash earth one where he's trapped where it's like that 60s sort of silver age sort of yeah yeah. and we actually get to see a little bit of barry's life there where it's it's like the perfect life well you know iris is doing news reports and barry is running off with kid flash to fight captain cold in the streets and he uses a mirror to redirect captain cold's blast back at him and freeze him and all that sort of stuff and mm. Walt, the two wallaces arrive and they're like what the fuck is this world this is weird it's really cool because they're like they're the same art style as they were through the rest of the issue but their other issue is like the the backgrounds are all like the right, 60s right. sort of pantone colors and everything so it's like all out of place and huh. i Interesting. yeah yeah it's just multiverse shenanigans yeah Cl- classic flash traveling through the multiverse wheeling and dealing yeah yeah uh, what else did I have this week then? Ba-dum, ba-dum. Oh, I had Batman The Night. Did you read The Night yet? I haven't, no. It is very good. This is all a story about how Batman learned to be the world's greatest marksman. Nice. Even meaning to do so, he has to overcome his fear and complex history with guns. Okay. Which is very nice. And uh, he does this by learning from a weird Swiss special forces agent who's been living like a wild mountain man in the forests of uh, British Columbia, Canada. Mm-hmm. This is a Batman story that takes place in Canada. I shit you not. <laughs> uh, eventually, you know, they learn, oh, shit, Anton, this guy you've been bringing along with you. Uh, I think he's a bad guy. And I think he just stuck with you so he could learn how to use the friggin' guns. <laughs> And now he's showing his true colors, which means he has to fight Anton. And that makes him sad because now he's lost the only friend he's made since his parents died and his heart is empty all over again. Aw. Oh. Yes, it's very sad, but very interesting, too. And also, uh, Batman finds out the dude teaching him to be a marksman also, like, killed a bunch of people for the fucking government. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) And he's like, well, shit, you know, I'm learning to, you know, try and stop killers from a killer you know the only difference between this guy and joe chill is that the government said it was okay for this guy to kill people this seems like something i should probably oppose when i become batman and i'm like oh what an interesting you know bit of morality batman is learning here that a vigilante yeah. works outside the laws and does not need to listen to any government yeah so that's something <laughs> that's cool but yes it's very cool the night continues to be great awesome easy easy shoeing for best of the year so far yeah it's 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 like i haven't read the, that this most recent issue but yeah so far it's just so good every every issue feels it, like an excellent uh, hbo series chip zadarsky make it canon to your coming run <laughs> you know it's like i would fight with that but then it's like you know what it's so good yeah just do it just make it the actual like canon origin of what like batman went through what is like, the ca- could... what is the canon origin of batman's like traveling the world at the moment vague it's all yeah. very vague, which again means vague. that you could absolutely, because yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't really conflict with anything. Like no. yeah, there, there sounds like there's going to be some stuff with Rachel Ghoul by the end, but again, depending on how you play it, it doesn't need to like uh, conflict with anything else. No, yeah, no. And I mean, shit, like they just decided one day that year one was going to be canon, and then they decided yeah. that zero year was going to be canon. So fuck it, the night is yeah. new canon. Yeah. Why not? I'd be fine with it. Uh, what else did you have, Matt? Uh, I had X-Men issue 12. 
Ah, I read Immortal X-Men first. I didn't read this one. <laughs> uh, this is technically the last issue with this current team makeup. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, that's right, because we got the Hellfire Gala coming, and then they're all going to be trading shit. We got the Hellfire Gala, and the next issue in this uh, series is uh, Judgment Day tie-ins. Mmm, shit, that's right. God, I, I got to read 12 issues of Eternals very quickly before <laughs> next week. Someone help me. Oh, God, someone help me. Uh, yeah, so this issue kind of wraps up a lot of the storylines happening at the moment. We get a wrap-up to Game World, which was really kind of quick just because it kind of started last issue yeah and it started technically last issue mm. um gene and gene manages to get into cordyceps jones's brain and makes him see like he's actually winning the fight where really he's not and the x-men have managed to capture all of his uh spores that were infecting all of the uh other x-men yeah, and, right. and heroes and they end up in imprisoning him in like a giant like uh metal sphere with a big x on it um right and he th he thinks that uh mojo sent them to like deal with him because that was the whole thing with mojo yeah, yeah, yeah. hating game world because it wasn't his and yeah and they're basically stealing his gimmick but yeah, doing yeah. It on a cosmic level yeah um gene ends up like giving game world to the people like who were there uh right. to, to like the patrons and stuff and they said yeah, yeah, yeah. anyone who wants to be free can be free if you want to stay here you can still play your games but don't do it with defenseless worlds and if you do that the x-men will be your friends mm, we'll come and kick your ass i like yeah. it uh scott Mimo, of course learned that dr stasis is mr sinister and ends up one of them fighting him and yeah again this sinister really thinks he's the original nathaniel essex and right. he thinks the one on Krakoa is just a puppet and an inferior puppet and everything. Interesting, because I know early on, I believe it, it was in Hawks and Pox, Sinister talked about, like, yeah, I didn't used to be a mutant. I exiled <laughs> the human part of me. Are we thinking Dr. Stasis is the human part yes. of Sinister? Yes, because he hates the mutants. He hates, he calls them in this, he calls them a disease on earth and he wants to get rid of he wants to excise the cancer and he wishes they would just fuck off to mars and out into space and you'll leave earth earth alone interesting um, to have your cake and eat it too with sinister yeah he ends up escaping because he he says there's like bombs planted in the city above them which we find out is actually called essex county which is kind of cool um, so Sync and Cyclops have to like deal with that and all that sort of stuff. And then they go and meet with Ben Urich and they tell Ben that he had this story and, uh, Psych wants to give Ben back his memories and mm. Ben doesn't want them. Ben's going to tell the story about the immortal X-Men, but he doesn't want the memories now because he feels like they'll, he feels like it'll be Sync informing him of his Right, his decisions right. and he wants to come at it with like fresh mind quite literally interesting interesting um, and he, he basically ends up writing the same story anyway about how the mutants have found the holy grail and humans can't drink from out. it yeah and he knows that like people are not going to be happy about it and he know and the x-men are like yeah hey, what else is new yeah you know, well that's a major game changer but he hopes but what he, he he finishes the story in the hopes that the mutants will act because obviously the mutants are going to be angry about this mm -hmm. as well he hopes the mutants will follow the lead of cyclops and his x-men since they they keep no matter how no matter what happens to them on earth you know people be mean to them or anything mm -hmm. that they still defend the people no matter no matter what your genes say you are oh that's nice and also 
a really good coming full circle for this story of why Cyclops wanted to leave Krakoa and reform the X-Men in New York. Yeah, yeah, as it ends, it ends with Cyclops, you know, you know, in the end, hopefully they'll realize that Cyclops was right. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. And, um, yeah, the, the final pages are just, like, the team realizing, okay, so, like, the, the news is out cyclops is probably going to be what are we um, going to do now probably going to be ousted from the team by the quiet council <laughs> uh who else is like going to stay so like uh wolverine leaves rogue leaves polaris mm. leaves uh sunfire leaves for araco um yes for his whole story that he's doing and the x-men team now is just uh cyclops gene and sync and sync doesn't isn't going to leave because he's found his place uh, in the world and everything yeah, and then this book was weirdly a lot about him too wasn't it about him and wolverine yeah yeah huh and uh yeah uh sinister managed to escape at the start of the issue and he ends up going to phobos and meeting with fei long and modok mm. who, who have teamed up and um they're planning on unleashing someone at the hellfire gala that's coming up which is probably going to be that uh moira mj yeah thing that was thing. happening yeah that we weren't sure about that we saw like some pictures of and it's like well, what the fuck is that about yeah it was in the free comic book day issue where like the it's, it's like a moira robot that looks like mary jane watson that's it's, it's really fucking weird it's really really fucking weird yeah i wonder how uh that's going to involve spider-man at some part are they building up to a spider-man uh x-men crossover well, well, yes i guess they a, are there's, there's a little cool because um one of the one of the uh the lore pages in this x-men book is like the front page of the newspaper of ben's story and there's a little part down there where people theorize that spider-man is a mutant mm, which i know they played with that id even in the old cartoon yeah huh that's it well, yeah, i think they are building up to an event because uh what is it dark web which is going to be chasm ben riley and i think madeline Pryor, who's another clone but of gene gray mm-hmm so yeah i think they might actually end up doing something with that yeah now that you stop and uh, think about it huh yeah how about that it's all coming together like everyone said that this hickman once hickman got in uh got, got left now. it would all fall apart but if anything it's getting bigger it really is and in fact you know what? hey let's talk about uh immortal x-men because that's another instance of yes. it getting bigger uh what's cool about this series is that it's 12 issues and it all focuses on a different member of the council uh first one was about sinister second one was about hope this one is all about destiny yes and everything that's going on with her we they actually kind of do like a retelling of her entire life story <laughs> how she gained these powers and lost her sight because you know she was seeing all these different alternate realities and possible futures at once yep, yep. and uh she she wrote her testament she wrote the testaments <laughs> of uh destiny of irene adler yeah she wrote 12 of them didn't she yeah she wrote 12 of them and at the end of this story she'll end up writing her 13th yeah because now that she's back from the dead again, it's like it's like she's getting her powers again for the first time, and she's seeing all these possible futures, and all of them end in the destruction of mutant kind. Basically, we see Judgment Day. Mm -hmm. We see Judgment Day. We see uh, Mister Sinister taking over all of the X Men. We see uh, freaking Magic going back to hell and becoming a devil again. We see uh, Exodus becoming like a cult leader god again. Again, God damn, he can't help himself. <laughs> He really can't. Ah, oh, but that's okay, though, because in another future, he gets the Phoenix Force. Oh, fuck. <laughs> he, 
he gets the Phoenix Force and becomes the most powerful being in the universe. <laughs> and then the Inquisitions can begin. <laughs> and then the Inquisition. Well, here's the thing. He's a good guy, though, because he's running around in space uh, tracking someone called the Flesh Corsier, who turns out to just be Mr. Sinister. God damn, Mr. Sinister. <laughs> who apparently in this future destroyed the island, took all their genetic material and made like a spaceship out of skin. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, and is now flying through space, stealing, like, alien DNA for himself. And, oh, man, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, and freaking Exodus is like, no, you will be punished for your crimes that you have committed against Krakoa. You burned Eden, you bitch. <laughs> and I'm going to eat you, which he does. And in doing so, that universe goes black, and Destiny's like, well, that shouldn't happen. That only happened with Moira. <laughs> oh my god, did freaking Sinister find a way to steal Moira's powers? Oh, we uh, are so fucked. He, they found out. <laughs> because they that was the thing we... from last issue, wasn't it, where it was revealed yes. that he'd he'd managed to like weaponize Moira's like things so he knew what was going to happen on the council and everything. Or it happened, yeah. But now Destiny's like, "Oh fuck me, I can't I can't let anyone else know that this is going on cuz that'll tip my hand to Sinister. He doesn't know I know, so we got to keep playing cat and mouse." Yeah. Uh with this as best we can and uh that's super cool uh the they let hope in on all the dirty secrets of krakoa how you know it was all moira puppeteering it from the dark and she's like wow that fucking sucks <laughs> i wish i didn't know that also you know xavier clearly you believed in me because you gave me uh my own uh cerebro helmet and it's like nope that wasn't me that was actually mystique pretending to be me to try and bring destiny back we never dealt with that problem that she went around the council and i guess we should probably deal with that now yeah <laughs> and destiny comes out and it's like no you're not gonna want to punish either of us because i've seen nothing but doom and destruction in every alternate future you're gonna need me yeah but, but the saddest part of all is that after everything they've been through and their love story that spans hundreds of years and all these possible futures that Destiny saw, none of them ended with her and Mystique together. Oh. And she's crying as she's writing her last testament there. And she doesn't want to tell Raven about this. And I'm like, oh, that's so tragic because we saw everything Mystique did to try and make sure she was resurrected and how that led to Inferno and the ousting of Moira and everything else. And it's like, oh, they don't even get to be together in the future. Oh, that sucks. It's a real, tra it's a beautifully sad, tragic story that also you know says hey here's like the next five events we might do <laughs> nice does rogue ever turn up because she she leaves the x-men in x-men 12 she leaves the x-men to because sh she says like her mother's like spewing a bunch of heinous shit and she needs to go and deal with it and irene's is her mother technically yeah, that's not in this book she didn't or both her moms okay. are having a really hard time right now but yeah <laughs> i wonder what that's gonna happen yeah yeah, I forget that Destiny's also in the X-Men book being the disapproving mother-in-law yeah. to Gambit. Yeah, fucking hates Gambit. <laughs> yeah, which as many people pointed out, maybe the reason she hates Gambit is that she's the Gambit of her relationship. She is, yeah, yeah. I think I think they even call her out on that when, yeah. when they were sniping at each other, yeah. <laughs> I, I hate you because I see everything in you I don't like about myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, so Immortal X-Men continues to be really cool. Yeah, apparently this one's done at 12, too. Okay. And I don't know what's going to happen with that, if they're going to do another sequel. Because a lot of these X-Men books just have, like, sequel series right after. Yeah, yeah, straight. They move into, like, whatever else. Because, like, the book is called Immortal X-Men because of what was happening in the X-Men book with oh. Ben Urich and everything. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, exactly, yeah, because that's what his paper is called. It's called The Immortal X-Men. That's his story. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I wonder uh, where they're going to be going with that one. If they're just going to lose that book or if they're going to, you know, uh, rebrand it as something else. Because, I mean, Gillen's been doing something for these guys for a long time now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't imagine they're going to stop anytime soon. Yeah. But that one was good. Uh, what else did you have, Matt? Uh, I had uh, Batman Superman World's Finest. Ah, I haven't read this one yet. This is the fourth issue of six. I believe so, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, how was it? Oh, it's fucking insane, man. Um, so there, there's a lot of, like, plot here. Because, uh, obviously, uh, the Devil Nezzer has controlled most of the heroes and is fighting Superman and Batman. Um, and we learn that, like, he got out of his jail because he knew there was magic that could free him, but he didn't know the right. spell. So he designed his own magical language and runes to free himself because he had 3,000 years to do it. Oh, of um so he was able to do that and in that time he learned that's when he learned like he could do like possessions and stuff um mm-hmm. which he wants to do and he wants to possess everyone on earth to make an army and batman realizes well if he does that who is he going to fight against and then batman realizes oh, oh he's preparing for something that's beyond them that's going to be coming for mm-hmm. them not outrightly said but it's the great darkness yeah, because a lot of this stuff is connected because this book is connected to the Robin book that's connected to the Pride book that they're going to have a whole mm-hmm. friggin', you know, event next September about it. So, yeah, this this is not going to be done easy. Yeah, so they find out that he's he's kind of, like, trying to protect Earth, but, like, in a villainous way. Yeah. Um, back in the past where Supergirl and Robin are, they learn uh there is a secret way to trap nezer and it it will come with a sacrifice and they end up coming back to the present but during their time uh during their trip through the time stream something happens and supergirl says that someone is trying is like actively messing with time while they're in the time stream causing like a turbulence and Mm -hmm. dick ends up getting lost in the time stream oh um so she returns alone and uh superman and batman are still fighting green lantern who is proving to be quite deadly because he's not only got his ring it's also been augmented with magic so it can hurt superman Mm. and they batman theorizes that okay so Hal's is the strongest will in all of the earth and all the galaxy basically which is why he's able to use the ring but it would have been corrupted because he's possessed so if he and superman combine their will they can actually stop the ring from working for hal and actually use it themselves and they end up doing that and because they combine their will (laughs) they end up turning into a fused version of themselves oh is that the story behind the bat superman yes yeah uh it's it's called the lantern fusion batman superman (laughs) what um, animation is that yeah yeah again yeah they got the patara earrings and they did the fusion (laughs) dance um ah but yeah they they end up fusing together and uh they end up fighting a bunch of other justice league members and because they're so powerful they end up wiping the floor with them before taking it to uh neza who needs to be taken to his tomb near cultural motis um they get him there and the supergirl arrives and beats the shit out of him and then she reveals <laughs> that to entomb neza someone has to go in with him and seal the door from the inside who's it gonna be yeah who's it gonna be who, should who, be negative who's not, man who's who's not in the yeah to probably end up being a doom patrol member actually because why else are they in the story and they're the sort of people where it's like yeah i can seal them inside and then i just negative manned my way out yeah yeah or he gets trapped in there and they have to deal oh. with that as a story yeah yeah 
lots of places to go. Well, that sounds fun. I'm going to enjoy that when I finally get the chance it's to read really it. really good. Really good. Yeah. Again, I, I actually like that they put a bit more story in there because I was like, uh, what's the devil Neza's plan? Or Nisa? Again, I, everyone pronounces it differently. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad they gave him that extra dimension a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, because I thought it was like a little bland Saturday morning cartoon. Not that there's anything wrong with Saturday morning cartoons. I'm just saying I wanted a little extra to chew on, especially as it sounds like he's not going away at the end of this story, maybe. Well, I think maybe they'll end up they'll end up entombing him because uh, that character in Shadow or Mother, whatever whatever her name is. Oh, uh, Talia's mother. Talia, Talia's oh, mother. Oh, Mother Soul. Mother Soul. She mentions Devil Neza will return. Yes, like does. will will return. Like come out of his tomb. So imagine he gets entombed. She did mention that. Yep. Yeah. Can't believe they're all connected like that. I know. I know right. Uh, also, is that the reason Batman and Robin are going to be fighting in September? Is it because Devil uh, Nisha got into Robin or something? Maybe. Maybe he got into Batman. Yeah. Maybe he got into Batman. Because yeah, he makes a, a makes a point of saying. Uh, Neza makes a point of saying like he he shouldn't have trusted like because he obviously infected all these other heroes first mm -hmm. and he's, he makes a point of saying like I should have just come straight for you two first because you're giving me the biggest problem so maybe maybe <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. it yeah that makes sense yeah as the, as the chat saying it's weird we haven't seen more Supergirl Nightwing team ups it's true right yeah, yeah well in this in in this series because this takes place in the past they kind of hate each other. Yeah, I know, which is very interesting that they that they both want to be like you know the ultimate sidekick. Yeah, they're both overachievers. Yeah, <laughs> it's very funny. Uh, what else did I have this week? Uh, ooh, I had Black Adam number one from Christopher Priest. I did as well. What'd you think of it? I thought it was fine. Yeah, I thought it was it was pretty interesting. Yeah, nothing really special too. I kind of expected a lot more from Christopher Priest. I expected his take on Black Adam to be much more of a bastard than he ended up being. Yeah, he's he's not he's kind of just like a spoiled child in this yeah yeah a little bit he's just like a politician who feels like he can get away with ever whatever he wants you know he pulls out his wallet to get out of trouble i i did think it's interesting that he has like a civilian mode so he can be theo teth adam instead of just being black like, adam all the a, time a civilian mode which which really confused me to begin with because i'm like wait like why is his civilian mode like like a young like brat yeah yeah like a young playboy yeah yeah because that doesn't fit in with that adam character all that much yeah he's usually always mr strongman dictator who just rolls up and it's like it's just the will of adam yeah i guess you could say this is him trying to adapt with the times yeah trying to be more modern you know i can't be a warrior king 24 7 yeah which is fine it's funny too i know you and i have joked in the past you know whenever it comes to giving a cult character a new maxi series there's always a couple directions they go with it where it's like oh either they're losing their powers or they're dying or they need to train a new sidekick and this book kind of does all three yeah we uh we do get a fun uh fight scene with black adam and uh dark side which i thought was interesting because adam wants to learn the truth of the cult of dark side yeah yeah and how, you know, in my ancient times, I was known as, you know, life itself and you are anti-life. So we can never, we can never get together, which I'm like, oh, is this them being like, oh, you know, sure, he might be a strongman dictator, but he's not as bad as the worst strongman dictator in the DC yeah, universe. These were the notes that The Rock gave us, yeah. Man, you know, that's what it feels like. It really does, where it's like, man, you know, Christopher Priest, he made Deathstroke such a wonderful asshole and he made US yeah. Agent such a wonderful asshole. I can't wait to see what he does with Black Adam. I mean, he chokes a white supremacist, but I mean, it's a good thing to choke white supremacists. Yeah, yeah he never does, like, anything, no. like, bad, like, to make him, like, he's like, yeah, he's, he's a bit of a dick, but that's about it. 
Yeah, even when he's dealing with the UN, I have expected him to be like, ha ha ha, you do not scare Black Adam. I will, you know, rain fire upon you and your firstborn sons. Ugh, I'm going to money my way out of this. Yeah, that guy over there is Martian Manhunter. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, yeah. Did you know that? Yeah, it just, it feels really strange. Yeah, it is kind of, everyone's saying that Black Adam looks like Lord Byron. Yeah, he kind of does. Yeah, yeah. Looks, looks a lot like Lord Byron. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I will say I do like the new character they introduce, uh, Malik or Malk uh, White. He's a, uh, well, he pretends to be a doctor, but he's actually only a med student. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, Adam's descendant. Yeah, and he's quick talking, and he's full of shit, and he's always got a line and a joke and everything. And obviously, he's meant to be like, uh, what is it? He's meant to be the comedically mismatched partner of Black Adam. It has me intrigued because, like, the whole issue is about like, like Black Adam, uh, like Teth is dying, uh, as we see him getting progressively sick because of this stuff coming up his arm and everything, and he's got to pass his powers on to, to onto the, his descendant, and. The first thing I, th I thought was like, oh, this is this is this is what they're going to be doing now with Black Adam. And this is going to be like the way they get Black Adam into like the f into like more of the Shazam stuff where mm. it's like just like another kid part of the group. Right. You know, this maybe might yeah. happen with the movies as well. Yeah, maybe. I never thought about that. That's an interesting way to do it. Maybe maybe they'll do the Mega Mind thing where it's like, well, I gave you my powers, but that actually turned out to be a bad idea and I need to take them back. That, now that would be really interesting like we we get in this first issue and malik is like he's like all funny and everything but then he gets the powers and realizes like oh i can be like a, like a real shit heel i yeah, i'm gonna like, like just kill people and just all this shit and adam realizing oh that was probably a bad idea like if the power instantly corrupts him, then it actually yeah. gives Black Adam an interesting place to be where it's like, yes, I kill my political enemies. Yes, I'm a strong man dictator, but I don't do that. Yeah, yeah. I, I have some rules. Come on, you have no rules. That's not good. Mm -hmm. it, it also is kind of interesting because it puts Black Adam in the same position as like the wizard Shazam and the world's uh, uh, wizards of order who gave him like his power. Yeah. Where it's like, wow, picking a replacement is hard. <laughs> shit you know i maybe i gave them a hard time it's fine but it's certainly not what i was expecting from a christopher priest you know series i thought i was gonna knock my socks off and it was just mostly okay yeah again maybe like in the coming issues it would will like open up a little bit but like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah again it feels like most of the black adam stuff these days where it's like oh this is obviously like they've gotten like mandates from like the rock and his team because yeah. of the movie and he can't be seen as like a total villain and everything yeah it, fe it feels slightly watered down just just a little bit yeah which is a bit of a shame i would have liked you know something different but it ain't bad either no yeah uh, what else was this week? Uh, oh, I had uh, Spider-Man. Oh, Amazing Spider-Man? Yes, Amazing Spider-Man number four. Did you check this one out? I, I'm like two issues behind. Ah, this is this is good, actually. You know what? I'm not going to tell you what happens in this one because I want you to be surprised by the twist in this one. I will just say Tombstone pulls off the greatest, smartest plan he's ever pulled off. Oh, that's good. I'm glad that the book's like seems to be going along really well because like i read that second issue and i'm like oh yeah it's going pretty well and then like i just kind of fell off because it was coming out too quickly it's it's very gangland it's very down and dirty a lot of yeah. people still have their knickers in a twist over the mary jane stuff yeah. which i'm like you 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 marks they want you to be like this <laughs> it's so, so well, obvious 
Yeah, why do you think they're piecemealing information? Because they want you to keep reading it and talk about it and complain about it like you're doing. You're giving them free marketing. <laughs> stop stop playing into it, you goddamn marks. <laughs> <laughs> Again, these companies play you like fiddles, but then I'm like, oh, you're probably younger and you haven't read like 30 years of Spider-Man yeah. like I have. Yeah. I, I was like you once and I understand. And that's why I'm like, do, do, do better, man. <laughs> Come closer and know me better, man. Uh, what what else did you have then? Uh, the, well, the last book I had was uh, Superman's Pal, Jimmy Olsen's Boss, Perry White, Issue One. Yes, 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 yes. The big return for this series. Yeah, uh, it, it, this is just a one shot, um, and it's six pages long, um, and the rest mm-hmm. of the book is just like backup, like old stories of Perry perry white from throughout the years on that's a good value um but yeah no the six story uh six page issue uh with uh matt fraction and steve lieber was really excellent because it explores like why perry is a newspaper man and what he i like he finds in in that job and he it's really cool because you get to see him like he's checking out like the runners uh printing the uh the paper and he's like oh, i don't come down all that often but this is a special story and he, and he talks about how like he moved from he like got into the paper business he was like hooked and he got a uh, job at the daily planet and everything and then came uh editor-in-chief and it was all cool because like nothing was ever the same every day but then right. superman came along and it kind of became the same every day because he would just <laughs> save everything and you know sort everything out and everything well, um, yeah. and he tells a story about how like superman at one point had to go off and he had to fight the dominators so they were the their city was left unguarded so that's when lex swooped in with like his new robots that would protect people and uh it'll be all fine and all dandy and everything but then superman returned and the robots like because they were programmed to attack anything alien attacked superman right well, and they just they just so happened to also have kryptonite batteries in them and well yeah. hell yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um and so the so the people realize like oh lex kind of like fucked us over yet again um so the people of of metropolis stand up for superman and like surround him so the robots can't see him and they dismantle the robots and save superman and it's oh it's a great bit of dialogue where like perry's perry says like everyone's heard of the story of you know a man a man is bitten by a dog and that ha- that's not news because that happens so often mm. but when a man bites a dog that's news because <laughs> it doesn't happen so often and that's what the whole thing is about because metropolis saved superman something that oh. does not happen all that often and that's why he oh, was down clever. looking at the paper because it's something he's very proud of because that's doesn't happen all that often but when it does it's news and it's good news i like that sounds very fraction that sounds like something that only fraction yeah. could push to yeah and it's just great as well just because there's like so many cool like little visual gags like uh bizarro divorcing jimmy olsen which means he's technically marrying him but because right, it's reverse right. it's divorced and yeah all this all this really fun stuff happening in the book it's great that's cool uh, I had one last one this week too. It was Nightwing. Nightwing was very brief this week. It's just a continuation mm-hmm. of him trying to protect Haven from all the dirty cops and him and Oracle outing them to the public to protect the place. Nice. Also, we learn a little bit more about Heartless. He might be a cyborg. Cool. He's like he's freaking you know upgraded his body so much now that it puts like a big strain on his heart. So he's actually using all the hearts he's stealing. Oh, okay. 
but he's very picky about the hearts because he gets into a fight with Blockbuster, but he's like, no, I'm not going to take your heart because no one would love you or miss you. <laughs> Even though, I mean, come on, his heart's probably huge like the rest of them. I mean, it would probably be an excellent heart yeah, to take. Yeah, probably fucking massive heart, yeah. Yeah, massive heart. Be like, oh, but big as an apple. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that, it was good, brief, fun, not much else to talk about there. If you've been liking Nightwing, you're going to like this because it continues to build that story. Nice. Yeah, and that was it, everyone. I guess that's I guess that's the show for this week. Man, this was a long one. It's almost midnight here on my end. Yeah, yeah. That's what happens when we talked about uh, what, uh, TV shows in the middle. Yeah. Uh, so thank you, everyone, for hanging out with us, for chatting and listening. Thank you, everyone, for the super chats. As always, they really help us. Uh, keep the lights on keep you know everything rolling smoothly and everything uh thanks to the patrons who will get to listen to this first before anyone else for as little as a dollar a month we try and get the video and uh audio version to you as Mm -hmm. soon as we can Mm -hmm. for your reviewing uh purposes obviously the show is saturday which means you'll probably have more time to enjoy it because you know sometimes when it's sunday we're under the gun yeah yeah to get it done uh Again, you know, we're just trying out Saturday now because it's more conducive to our schedules. If it changes, I will be sure to let everyone know, though. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I think it'll be on Saturday for a little bit for, for right. now on, but yeah. That that doesn't bother me because it means I get Sunday off to watch wrestling pay-per-views. I, will I be thought watching. you might like that, yeah. <laughs> I, will be, I will be watching uh, AEW New Japan Forbidden Door tomorrow. I think <laughs> Kurt said he was going to maybe try and have a stream. Maybe I'll hop on with that. Maybe oh, I'll nice. not. Nice. We'll, we'll see about that but yeah thank you everyone for hanging out with us we hope you enjoyed the show you know we brought you a hell of a lot of show this week and we'll be back again next week see you everyone all right everyone bye-bye